Now do we have a mic? Oh, we do. Look at it. We're live. Welcome, everybody. That was a long song. Yeah. We, we can, we can only dance for like two and a half minutes because we're old. <laughs> Welcome to Nasa Church's Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Marty. This is my wife, Jennifer. Yes, yeah, it's we... a little unorthodox today. As you know, we're unorthodox. So uh, we do service every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. And today we're going to be talking about burning down the house. We're going to do a recap of music and sky, and then we're going to talk about fires. Fires going on everywhere and fires in the heart and we're going to talk about all of it. But I want to do the first half with my wife because we're going to do a recap of Sky, which was amazing. Was and so awesome. it was fucking awesome. So before we do that though, we're going to do a prayer. God of all creation, all the elements belong to you. The earth, air, water and fire are yours to command. You guarded your people Israel, by night with a pillar of flame, you sacrificed the early church with tongues of fire at Pentecost. You appeared to Moses in the burning bush, which was engulfed, but not consumed. God of wind and flame, extinguish the fires engulfing land, communities, and homes. Guard those who must flee because of the blaze, give them safety and wholeness. Bring those who have perished home to you, grant them your perpetual peace. Protect those who battle the flames, sanctify their service, and send them your spirit. Restore our land, our homes, your faith and your goodness, and show us again how you bring life out of ash and dust. Give us the resources and strength we ask to rebuild and replant and show us that you are the loving creator and savior. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we'll see if I can get through this one today. I was already crying this morning. Let's listen to a little man. We're going to do a little recap, like I said, of... Um, Music and Sky, but first I want to play this about a couple minute clip from Mr. Steve Young, Head Flux, because he really summed up um, how just the magic of what just happened this last weekend. Okay? And hopefully our video is good. Greetings. I'm here in the mountains of California. Music and Sky Festival. It's been an awesome experience. Um, and uh, not without its challenges, we've had the full suite of elemental ordeals. Uh, if you don't know about those, this is from alchemy. You have, of course, the four elements, fire, earth, air, and water. And um, there are certain ordeals that we, we face in our life, which correspond with these elements. And anyway, we've had them all this weekend. so. Uh, you may or may not, not know there was a hurricane headed straight for us yesterday. Uh, luckily, we didn't feel the full, full force of it, uh, but we did get 12 hours of solid rainfall all through Sunday. It was a complete washout. Um, and there's been uh, wildfires, quote, wildfires. Of course, you probably know they're not wild at all, um, but they're uh, started for nefarious purposes. Um, <clears throat> And then uh, believe it or not, yesterday we had an earthquake uh, as well. So that's the hurricane, that's the air. We had the downpour, that's the water. Um, we had the wild fires, that's the fire. And we had the earthquake, that was the earth. So yeah, full suite of elemental or ordeals. And uh, I, uh, I played three sets. But well, my main set on Saturday night got shut down by the sheriff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was quite funny. Um, 
uh, I saw this guy dressed as a sheriff, like coming up on the stage and I, I, I thought, and I think everybody on the dance floor was just like, oh, there's a guy dressed as a sheriff. Uh, but no, he wasn't dressed as, he was the sheriff and uh, he came and shut down my set. So uh, that's the first time I've been shut down by a sheriff since, um, since I played in Kansas City way back in like 2011 or something. But um, still, still here, earthquakes, wildfires, hurricanes, torrential downpours, sheriffs, and all kinds of other things. But it still, it went down. It was successful, it happened. I met many wonderful people, like truly extraordinary people who are just experts in their fields. Um, and yeah it feels like this was a really important uh, gathering um, and I feel totally pumped and inspired so anyway I just want to share that with you all I hope you're well much love he's so that, a good bard he's a good bard <laughs> we, we, met, we met a lot of good bards out there so that was Mr. Steve um, Young Dr. Steve Young um, and just a really great dude. I'm going to share something else. Actually, he inspired me to uh, write some lyrics, and the new song that I just put out was actually comes from a conversation from, from him. But really great dude. Um, and he really sort of summed it up because it was really just sort of this very magical, really special sort of gathering. Um, and it was really crazy how everything happened. There was like earthquakes and fires, and there was a wildfire that was right next to us. Right after my sermon on Sunday, it just started pouring pretty much about 11 o'clock. And most people just stayed. It was crazy. No one gave a shit. Everybody was just like... Dancing in the rain. Dancing in the rain. I'll show you. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Nobody um, complained. Nobody complained. Um, anyway, so this was the grounds. So uh, feel free to, you know, enter or you know add anything you want to add. But anyway, so this was... I'm sorry, this is not the ground. This was, the, of course, the gathering that we went to this last. It was Kuyama Valley. And lots of people... Bear Landa was supposed to be there, but as you guys know, there's crazy wildfires um, up north and in California, so he stayed back. So we didn't get a chance to meet Bear Lando. And I'm actually... I think it's probably cosmically... It's right that he didn't show up because the gathering was so full of fucking love that if... Lando showed up and did his speech called the vocation to love it would have been a it would, just, it would have been it would have been like nukes aren't real but they would have been there it would have been a nuke of love in fact funny enough well I'll talk about that when I talk about head flux but anyway so this was the grounds at music and sky and you know we said after this um we were we were entirely humbled I think that's the what we came came away from it is that we were you know we met people it takes a lot I, I you guys probably know this but it takes a lot to impress marty leeds like i am not <laughs> i'm not impressed very fucking easily and most people are like oh you should check this out and i'm like nah, whatever right this went above and beyond my expectations we were the a little judgmental before we went there because well, we've been to some of these events and some of them are you know pretty new agents. yeah so mm -hmm. so yeah we finally got there and I was like, Be, yeah because I'd been I've been dealing with this a long time and so I've dealt with so many new age bullshits like oh this you know that sort of thing so I get, I'm extremely skeptical that sort of stuff so but I'm also in the position to 
allow myself to change my mind and stuff like that. So it was really very humbling to get there and just have all these people be fucking phenomenal. And Steve really said there was something magic about it and you really got to meet people at the top of their fields and then you, you find out how, how unbelievably wicked cool these people are. So this was the grounds. It was a really beautiful spot. We just hung out by the pool most of the time. Every conversation we had was unbelievably uplifting unbelievably um everybody was kind and generous and just huge smiles and um no doom and gloom there was no despair there was no you know um everybody was just so open-hearted and and high in spirits and people like you know when you when you look at some people like they actually looked you in the eye like everybody looked you in the eyes when they looked at you and then their smile was just across their whole face it was so it was so awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, so these are the guys that put it on. Um, that's uh, Owen on the left there, Matt's in the middle, and then Mike. And we'll have a con we'll have we'll talk a little bit about Mike, because um, he just floored us. Uh, Mike was anyway. We'll get He's to probably that. Probably the most impressive person there. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so and that's. There were a lot of impressive people. And there were a lot of impressive people. <laughs> You know, um, so anyway, um, so yeah, that's Owen on the left there, Matt's in the middle, and Mike on the right there. And there's, these are the organizers, and they really cared. They really cared about the people. They cared about, you know, just making sure everybody had a, a fantastic time. They're not, these guys, they want to make money just like anybody does that, you know, does this sort of stuff. But that isn't their impetus. They're, they were mingling with everybody and just like partying with everybody while they're organizing everything. It was just crazy to It was, watch. yeah. In, yeah. incredibly impressive so the first people that impressed us that we got there we, we immediately were getting on the plane and and jennifer's like is that a man of Volmer? i'm like i don't think so and then she's like i think it is i'm like maybe it is I'm like i don't know and it's like so then we're like we're like the creepy stalkers we're like we were right behind her when we were warning <laughs> yeah. and we were like so anyway like amanda anyway so immediately we got to hang out with amanda and her husband and we um Met Eileen McCusick there too. So this was like pretty much that first morning she actually ended up giving us tunings. But um, so let's first talk about Eileen. Um, Eileen McCusick is, you have anything to say? New she mom? She's a woman. Yeah, she's, she's a, a woman. woman. Yeah. She is so cool and just you want to just be around her all the time. And she seems so like clear and just mm -hmm. so full of energy and inspiration and positivity and no bullshit. Oh my God. I just, I just love that woman. Mm -hmm. I want her adopt to adopt me. Mm -hmm. Like if, I didn't have a mom already. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> and I knew I was going to get along with Eileen immediately because she, Eileen came up and she, we were, you're talking about gatherings and getting together and stuff like that, and she was like, um, she's like, yeah, it's really cool that we get to, you know, get together and connect and network and have these deep, profound conversations. And then she's like, but I just really want to party. <laughs> I'm like, you and I are going to get along great, swimmingly. <laughs> so anyway, so I had a tuning, and and I know once again, I know like the you know, the toroidal field. I mean, we talk about this shit all the time. You're electromagnetic, you know, balancing and stuff like that. And so when she did a tuning for me, I'm, I come in with a fucking raging skeptic because that's what I do, right? Like, I, I even told her that. And I think I may have partially even offended her a little bit. But after she saw my speech... She wasn't offended. Yeah, well, I don't know. I get I get a weird vibe. Anyway, but after my speech, I think she kind of figured out. She's like, oh, no, it's the, you just have to experience it. You're a Gnostic. I get it kind of thing. So... So anyway, I had a tuning from her, and I, I almost started crying uncontrollably. I did. She, she cried. I did. She cried twice at this fucking and festival, and she never cried. She didn't cry at our wedding. <laughs> fucking assholes making my wife cry. Tears of joy. 
anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So she did this she tuning. She made me cry. <laughs> so, and then she's just like, you know, I'm just sitting there, you know, being like, <laughs> and then she starts doing this and just sort of hanging out in this area. And, my, and I, I literally start well up. I literally started to well up. And, um, Anyway, an amazing person and very uh, just it was wonderful to it was wonderful to meet her. So we're gonna order some tuning forks. Yes. And her book. Yes. And probably take her classes. And yeah, probably. So um, there's Eileen again and Mike, and so that's cool. And we'll we'll talk about Amanda in just a second here because Amanda was um, <laughs> was awesome. Paula, she's a cookie bird. She's <laughs> birds of a feather so flock to fucking gather, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> she was one of our favorites because she's totally like us, just totally crazy and and what fucking unbelievable energy this woman had. Yeah. So you know loving. that's the thing that, and I don't think I have a a picture because I didn't get a picture with um, Sophie and Sophie Fletcher and Yurasimos, and I actually had just a short conversation with Yurasimos, but um, the 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 the. Energy and the love and the heartfeltness of these people is it's infectious. It really is. It's contagious, if you will, you know. I know I shouldn't be talking about contagion anti <laughs> That's the real virus. Yeah, the real virus. <laughs> Antivirology kind of, you know, festival or whatever. But um yeah, that's what it was. It was really sort of, you know, it was it was a relief. It was a relief and you realize the power that people have and why they don't want us getting together why they want the social distancing because they realize that when people get together like this it's fucking incredibly powerful it was a glimpse into what society could be like yeah, if, yeah. for all those people that have done psychedelics in their day <clears throat> i had you know a few years like i said i don't there's only one year that i can't account for <laughs> I joke. so um you know, like if you do psychedelics, the next thing you know, there's like four of you and you're like tripping and then some fucking dude comes in and he really just harshes your vibe and really brings, takes the whole thing down, you know, and you're like, oh God, you know, negativity and despair and depression is so powerful, right? But if you have 50 people or 10 people that are on that level of, of bringing, you know, your heart space, if you will, and then you have some douchebag comes in, it's just like, dude, dude, just stop. It's not even a, th it's, it's just like, it's just stop. You know, the vibe is too good. And that's really, that's really what the experience was. So, um, anyway, Paula, freaking awesome. Wonderful woman. And then, of course, Distracted Bird. We call him Distracted Bird. Uh, we, this guy's fucking great. I mean, immediately, we were there the first day. And some, I think Mike and I were talking about he's been getting into classic works of literature. And I started, you know, yammering and stammering on about William Shakespeare. And then this guy pipes in from the other side. He's like, well, you really need to read the sonnets. I'm like... Somebody's into fucking Shakespeare? <laughs> You're not just on TikTok and shit? What's going on? Anyway, unbelievably great dude. Um, several kind of Sufi mystics, so we ended up, you know, chatting a little bit about that sort of stuff. Um, he kept making tea and trying to hand out tea to people. <laughs> he's, it's like, hey. he's, he's from England or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, actor. Anyway, but he did this primal movement stuff in the morning, and we did it Sunday morning. She did it Saturday morning. Totally kicked her ass. I found out that my primal movement spirit animal is a turtle it's a fucking snail <laughs> if, that. if that but anyway uh really great once again just huge spirit in this guy um so that was another great goodbye and then goodbye that we got to uh, meet and then of course uh there's steve on the left there i'll talk about him in just a second but um then we got to meet hannah maria and her husband i think his name is richard excuse me if i forgot his name um god bless it these people just 
I don't know. I, I talked to Hannah Marie for probably, you know, she's Christian. She actually runs, she has an ayahuasca. Her and her husband, they, they run an ayahuasca like retreat camp. So they offered us as, you know, they even said, if it, if it calls you, come and do that. And I think, I think we will just have that experience at some point, but that's what they do. They run, you know, they do this ayahuasca retreat center and it's Christian based. And she was even telling us, and I knew this too, because of my, you know, before I got really deep into like, spirituality and stuff like that one of the things that i was exploring was psychedelics and i knew that i knew that a lot of these guys that were in the you know the amazon and shit like that that were you know mixing the brew right the medicine the plant medicine they were christian they used christ in their you know and i knew that and so and they had said the same thing and so they do these you know these these gatherings and it is a christian based and i was like um that's right. This is going to be one of those like Illuminati. <laughs> it's like just Marty's closer. just doing the single eye, isn't come he? Closer. He's part of the WEF. Anyway. Act like you love me. Act like you love me. So anyway, Jennifer's going to be on the first half, and then we're going to get into some serious stuff in the second half. We're going to talk about fires. We're going to talk about Alpha Vedic, everything that's happened. So I just wanted to highlight. We thought it was best to highlight. Uh, take some time and highlight this. So anyway, got to meet Alex Zach, and this guy's fucking awesome. Alec is, um, what he, he's, I asked him, Jennifer was standing in front of me, and I was like, how old are you, dude? And he's like, 31. And we both looked at each other like, I was retarded when I was 31. Do you have any idea what kind of fucking idiot I was at 31? This guy is 20 times the man I was at 31 years old. Just killing it. Killed it through COVID. You know, um, absolutely heart-centered. Just puts his heart right. A bit, extremely vulnerable. Completely open. Um, his talk was really good. He, he talked about, you know, pseudo authority and just all of that sort of shit, you know, the government, all that sort of stuff. It was really good. And, um, it was a real pleasure to meet him. Like I, you know, I, and I was talking to him about this. Sorry, I'm taking over our live stream, but I'm just, I, <clears throat> I'm just here. anyway, I was talking to Alex Zach about, it. it's like, you know, I said, it's like, it's one thing. You know, you know these people and you know of them online. You're like, oh, that guy's killing it. Oh, she's fucking just crushing, right? And then you meet them in person and then they exceed your expectations. And that's what Alec and I were talking about. It's just like, Jesus, That was the experience with pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody. everybody. Yeah, pretty much everybody. It was just like, I knew you were cool. (laughs) And then I meet you and then I'm like, God dang it. You're way cool, you know? So um, I I think I'm supposed to do his show. I think we're going to do a conference next year or something like that. But way cool guy. Way cool guy. Um, another guy that played, he played a couple times, this Adam Lawson guy, once again, just acoustic, you know, he was playing. No, he was, um, when we were eating dinner, he was oh, playing, yeah, yep, yeah, this yeah, is this yeah, guy, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, and it was really, great. really great. Um, he played some Tom Petty and shit that Speaking was really good. Dinner, the food. Oh, the food was oh fantastic. Was I mean, so we're saying this because, you know, I'll, if I go to, like I said, I'm hypercritical, fucking super skeptical. So when I go to something and I'm like, this is the shit. It's the same thing I did with Flattoberfest. If I would went to Flattoberfest and it sucked, I would do a video and tell you guys it sucked. But it was awesome. And what do I do now? I promote it all the time. I'm like, you should go. Even if we're not going to be there or whatever, if you're, you know, you should go. It's the same thing with Music and Sky. We should make it. A church mandate that it, everybody's going to go to music. Yeah, pretty much. Because every when we were there, we were like, oh my God, Christy should be here. Oh my God, yes. John Venus should be here. Oh my God. You know, like, <laughs> that's what it was like. Guys, yeah, we thought of all you guys. All be there. Yeah, we were like, oh my God, next yeah. year it's Chance and Jen. Road fucking trip. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Anyway, so we got to meet Dawn um, Lester, and she's been she's been part <laughs> of. Whimsical bird. Whimsical bird. <laughs> we started naming them all birds. Anyway, <laughs> fucking wonderful. You know, like genuine. Like everybody that was there was like hugs, but like hugs. Like I love you. You know. Um, 
Anyway, Dawn, she was part of um, the end of the COVID um, series, which we haven't even watched yet, which we're definitely going to. And she's, I think she's, there's a bunch of people that are going to speak at the next. Like, yeah, Confluence she's Confluence, which is yeah. in Texas. Um, she'll be speaking there. So, and then our buddy Danny. Danny's the man. <laughs> my friend Danny. My friend Danny, <laughs> he's yes. Got he's got the goods. He's got the goods. He's the people's herbalist, uh, people's herbalist on um, Instagram and all that sort of stuff. So definitely follow him. He's got... You know, a lot of great stuff. Totally, once again, you know, it's like you meet these people and immediately I'm like, I like you. I don't, I don't know what it is. I just, you know, there's something about you, you know. And we're saying, oh, are you? Are, who's mentioning the Keebler? Finally, a fellow Keebler. Exactly. <laughs> I was saying, oh, is our video off? Oh shit, is it? I keep getting dropped. Alec is a legend. How's the video? Let us know if the video is. It's, it's all right. We'll just keep going. I don't even care. Um, okay, so anyway, Dan was fantastic. It was wonderful. And then we uh, we got to meet Amanda Vollmer and her husband, Brandon, and these... <laughs> they're hilarious. They're hilarious. I mean... <laughs> so much fun to hang out with. Yeah, I mean, at, like, afterwards, we're just like, anytime you guys want to hang out, come down, you know, open invite. You know, like I said, we, we knew Amanda was awesome online. We'd seen her act. We'd seen, you know, what she was doing during COVID. We, just all of it. Just her whole candor. Everything about it. And then you meet her and she's... And she's hilarious. And she's hilarious. Her her speech, and we'll, I'll talk about this in just a second. Her speech on um, Sunday night. Sunday was, I mean, the whole weekend was amazing. Sunday just really topped it, though, for us. Yeah. Anyway, really put it over the edge, anyway. Um, her speech on Sunday was fucking amazing. She was hilarious. She just remember she sat there like a comedy show with like really important information. Yeah, she sat there like a damn queen, (laughs) like she was just like like this, complete confidence, you know. And then the yeah, her speech was not only was it hilarious, like she made me belly laugh like you know half a dozen times, but it was informative too, like helpful, you know. Like she was talking about things like, hey, this is what you do in an emergency. Hey, this is you know, it was just one thing after another. Such uh, fluidity, too. And um, anyway, and so now Jennifer is um, name-dropping Amanda <laughs> My friend, Dr. Amanda Vollmer. <laughs> she's like, oh, she's like, oh, what is this lip balm? Oh, she, I got this from got, Amanda Vollmer. She got this from, <laughs> I got this from my friend, Dr. Amanda Vollmer. <laughs> My wife's name dropping now. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit about her husband who's like decoding the Bible and shit, like multiple Why languages. Yeah, it's like, but Amanda Vollmer. Well, and <laughs> her husband thought I was pretty cool, but her husband, way fucking oh cool God. guy. He's so cool. Honestly, one of our favorite people there. Mm-hmm. Fucking great dude. Can't wait. I mean, I was. I told him at the end, I was like, oh, I have a friend now. It's so awesome. So, okay, um, let's talk about this and then we'll get on with choppy at times with everything coming through. Okay, okay, cool. It is what it is. This is going to be a fun one. I don't even care. We, we want to have some fun this morning. So we'll talk about some serious shit in a second. But um, And then, Mike, let's talk about Mike. We're going we're gonna to end, you Are know. going to cry? I don't know. I was already crying this morning. I woke up Monday morning to let you guys know, like, you know, how deeply the whole weekend affected me. I woke up Monday morning. I started crying. And we were up till, like, 2. Remember that? <laughs> it's all a big blur. No, I mean, um, we never stay up till two in the morning. And the other thing is, like, think oh, I was on drugs. No. no, no, it was what? crazy. I mean, no, I mean, as far as like, <laughs> no, I mean, no, we weren't. No, but I mean, like, you would expect like a. <laughs> 
a festival like this to everybody just be lit and on drugs and tripping balls and weed everywhere and people drunk. And it wasn't that way at all. In fact, the sheriff that came in, I think he thought he was coming into some like rave. It was like, no, like this is a health and wellness gathering. Like I didn't even see anybody smoking any weed. Nobody even offered me weed. I was like, no one said how short I was, nor offered me weed. <laughs> Normally in those situations, I'd be fucking out of my element. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, what, what was I saying? Uh, Mike. Mike. Monday morning, you woke up crying. Monday morning, I woke up crying. It was like I woke up. We went to bed at like 2 or something like that. And I woke up at my normal 5.30 or whatever it is after three and a half hours of sleep. And I just started crying because I was so grateful like that um not only um to be to go to somewhere like that and be so well received um as far as like the content and what we had to say and the message that this church brings but also um just just the just the people just to um be invited to something like that and have so much love um so anyway mike and bear have been fucking awesome to us um me and uh, always have been. In fact, I called Mike and I. we actually thought, you know, we had a long conversation, you know, just looking at our finances, essentially. And we're like, look, man, um, we basically had told each other, like, we can't do these conferences anymore. We can't, you know, be essentially because every time we had done anything like this, we lost our ass. We lost money. And I don't give a shit about the money. Like, if we had the money, I'd be like, fucking, let's go. I'll spend it. I'll donate, whatever. But we, you know, so we we called Mike and we're like, look, man, I don't know if we we're going to be able to do that this year. And Mike's like, no, 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 you are coming. And he was, you know, he was really nice about it. But he's like, Marty, what do we got to do to get you there? So, you know, they went above, uh, you know, out of their way to make sure that, you know, because I said, I don't go anywhere without Jennifer anymore. We're twain, one flesh. That's just how it is. Unfortunately for her. Hey. No. <laughs> well, we'll talk when I'm gassy. Oh, you know, yeah. so. there, there's those moments. So. Anyway, the point is this. <laughs> Mike <laughs> and Bear have been fucking awesome to me. I think I've been on Tom Barnett, I think, and I and, and have been on Alpha Vedic more than anybody else. So um, is the video freezing? Is it like that? Okay. Anyway, so, um, and we got to see Mike in action, and Mike impressed the shit out of us. Um, I just want to take a few moments and have my wife... I don't give a shit anymore. Okay. I'll just cut the video after this and I'll just talk because I'll probably end up crying anyway. So I'll cut the, I'll cut the video. I'll just go slides after this. And st stupid internet. We, I wanted to do this live this morning because I wanted it to just be real. You know. Anyway, so Mike, um, Mike was putting on this whole thing. He's worked on it for I don't know how many months. He's there as fire is all around him in Northern California, where just, just putting on an event like that is unbelievable stress, unbelievably stressful. Like without having to deal with anything else. Mm-hmm. And cool. um, yeah, no, that's that's about it. So just just that alone, just the stress of putting on an event like that, and how, you know how much you know, it's networking and all the stuff you have to take care of, and all the you know the fires that you got to put out, quote unquote. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a theme today, for sure. Um, and Mike is here, and his, his grandma and grandpa, they live up there, right? Or his mom and dad, I think, live yeah. up there. Mm -hmm. And then his you know his family, and they evacuated. And, and Bear evacuated the town. And he's a firefighter. So here he is, like, you know, his family's evacuating their house. They You know, the fire's all around them. He's a firefighter. 
And he's down here, and his wife, I think, was the one insisted upon, like, no, you got to, you know, he was going to stay, I think, and his wife's like, no, you go and put it on, you know, and, and you know, and he was like, yeah, that, that, I, this is where I need to be, and he's right, he was right, him and his wife were right, but here he is in the midst of all this, fires all around him, his, you know, his house could be taken, he's evacuating, he's putting on this, all of this stuff, and the guy is... Like, we were just inspired. Like, I just, how he was handling any, everything, his candor. Um, he was literally just keeping people, while while he ha should have the most worry out of anybody, he's the one that's keeping everybody up. And he was partying with everybody, and uh, it was just so I, I was, crazy to watch. Yeah. How he, not only, it wasn't even like he kept himself together. It was like he was still inspiring other people while all of this is going on in his life. It's mm -hmm. just... <laughs> so after all this, what does Mike do? Mike's on the phone. And I was talking to him about this. I'm like, hey, how, how, what's it like living in an area where everything, you know, you could just go up and smoke and stuff like that? He's like, well, that's kind of the, one of the things about living in paradise. And I, I, you know, he's like, so what did I do? And I said, you know, and I was like, well, when you went up there, like, you know, you know what'd you do? And he's like, well, I joined the fire department. It's like, well, if I live in an area where there's could be a lot of wildfires, so what am I going to do? Well, the most responsible thing, I'm going to join the fire department and be a fucking man. So after this whole thing, he drives, what is it, eight, nine hours north from where we were? Maybe longer like, than that. Literally I don't know. right after the event. Literally right after, and drives and then goes and fights fires. It's a fucking hero. That's what that. he came home to. So, anybody, anyway, if anybody's out there is like, God, oh, I'm dealing with a lot in life. <laughs> yeah, we all are. But, um, you know, not as much as this guy. And to see the way he's handling it has been amazing. And this is what he posted on Instagram. What a way to spend my 45th birthday. It's been a long, it's been a long few days. Thrown straight into the Smith River complex fire, largest in the U.S., threatening our little town. He lives in uh, Gasket. And I, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Northern California up there. It is a fucking paradise. I spent many a moon as a younger man, high as giraffe pussy, <laughs> as Joe Rogan would say. Um, you know, tooling around Northern California, having a ball. Had a bunch of friends that lived up there, slept in the Redwoods. You know, we did all sorts of crazy shit. It's an amazing place. And I understand why he lives up there. So... Um, so he's threatening his little town. Um, he's out of music and sky. He's home, but I'm enjoying every minute of it, doing the, doing the work today to help set up the line that is going to stop the eastern wing of the fire. So basically there's a bunch of fire, firemen, you know, that are out there and that they're, you know, just basically trying to stop it from engulfing the, the town. So there's, so after he was keeping everybody's spirits up and putting out fires, if you will, sleep deprived and traveling, what does this motherfucker do? <laughs> It's a fucking hero. Yeah. Anyway, that's a real man. That's a real man right there. All these men, they're like, I'm macho. You know, testosterone. I'm pumped up. Yeah, speaking of Joe Rogan. You're a fucking pansy. That's a man right there. That's his. And this is really what I talk about all the time when we talk about the alchemical wedding, when we did, you know, the Walt Disney um, uh, sword in the stone about talking about being a holistic person it's like you've got the the manhood and you got that soft side right it's like a holistic being he's like yeah i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go and dance in the rain <laughs> just look at that look at the smile fire not six miles from his fucking house
unbelievably inspiring. So, Mike Winter, God bless you, son. Um, anyway, inspired the shit out of me. And I, you know, I told Jennifer, I was like, yeah, when we when we go to Missouri, you know, starting next year, once we get our shit together, um, I think I might join the fire department just because of Mike. So, um, anyway, so this was Jennifer's message to Mike. Um, said, just another normal day and another epic year for superhero Mike Winter. Thank you for being born and being such an inspiration of what it means to be in service to God. And that's what we're going to end this this live stream with about being in service. And I'm just gonna cut the feed of the video. It's just gonna be me talking. So it's not one of these and I'm like, you know, I got my finger up my nose and all that shit. Anyway, thank you for being born and being such an inspiration of what it means to be in service to God. You are one of the peeps that blew our minds and hearts the most at Music and Sky. I, to be honest, I would the most, the person I was most impressed with was Mike Winter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for making sure we got to experience your and everyone else's wonder. Much love and gratitude uh, for you. And may the fires calm in the forests and towns, but continue to burn in the hearts of the people. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the fire burning in the hearts of the people. Oh, man, happy birthday. Okay, so so that was Mike. And then um, I just want to mention um, the Landos here. These Ninglebites. Ninglebites. And I said, and I'm probably mentioning this again, and I said it at the fest. And, of course, we were all praying, like, please protect you know, everybody up there, of course, not just the Landos and, you know, the winners. No, we want, you know, protection for everybody down here, of course, um, on this plane of existence. Well, this hell is, this terrorism is reigning through. Um, so, we, you know, we, we ask for protection. But I, I talked to somebody, and that's kind of the theme of what this live stream is going to be about. I talked to somebody at the fest, and they're like, oh, you know, it's just so sad about the Alphabetic Farm and the could go and blah, blah, blah. I'm like... Yeah, of course, of course. We're all, all of our, I mean, we're all on knife's edge and this sort of thing being like, come on, come on, let's please stop these fires, please, please. You know, but I told them, and this is really going to be the theme of the, the rest of this live stream. I said, well, if anybody can handle their, their house being burned down, and that's what we're going to talk about today, it's that fucking guy right there. It's this fucking guy right here. Okay? And he showed us this. Now, we hope, because as of right now, both of their farms are good. It looks like they may stop those fires, you know, God willing, and the creek don't rise and everything like that. And we really hope that that's, that's what happens. But I said, I said, if there's anybody that can handle their house being burned down, it's these fucking guys right there, that beautiful lady. By the way, that's the brains and the beauty behind Alphabetic right there. <laughs> hey, Lando, your gig is up, dude. We're, we see, this is the brains and the beauty behind Gnostic Academy too. So Lando, our gig is up is what I should say. <laughs> anyway, um, these, they, they had to evacuate, you know, they were there working with the fire department, you know, um, keeping, keeping the, you know, basically saying thanks to the community for all the prayers and stuff like that, but keeping, you know, their, their spirits up the entire time while they were their you know, their house was in peril and stuff like that. It was incredibly inspiring. It just showed. It just goes to show you, and we'll read a little bit from what Bear um, posted about, you know, when will is aligned with, you know, when God's will is aligned with spirit, what can happen. So, um, anyway, and I just want to end with a few things here. I got to uh, chat with um, Brad from Five Times August. It just so happens that he, uh, we were f driving to Bakersfield together, and he gets thrown in the back seat with the rotund Irishman that can't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> 
So, so I immediately just started, you know, I start, I put on my freaking journalist cap and I just start badgering him asking, I think he was like trying to just like come down from the weekend. I'm like, so what was it like? How do you write songs? Like when you get to a bridge, do you, you know, I just start badgering him with questions and he was super nice and was just, you know, chatting and everything like that. Um, really cool dude. I didn't really know that, you know, I, she didn't know anything about him. I, I think I knew him in the periphery and it was like, oh, that's that guy, that kind of thing, you know, whatever. I didn't know his music or anything like that, you know, and so so we got, you know, we got our cherries popped, as I like to say. Yes, I'm a crass and crude Irishman. You know who you're dealing with, for Christ's sake. <laughs> anyway, so we got to the Sunday night, you know, um, God, talk about getting your ass kicked. This is what it was. So we got, we, uh, let's just say this. So we, we... You know, I had my speech and it was raining and everybody was just, you know, it was a beautiful time and lots of people were coming up saying, hey, thank you and all this other stuff. And then we got to, you know, sit down and see Amanda Vollmer's speech and Amanda just fucking crushed it. You know, we were just like, yes. My yeah. friend, Dr. Amanda Vollmer. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> all right, baby. She's not, after she sees this, she's not going to be your friend anymore. She's like, God, those guys are fucking weird, man. Anyway, so... So after Amanda Volner's speech, then we, uh, which was just, right? We're like, all right, let's just go check out we, this five times August guy. We just kind of stumbled from one situation to the next. Yeah. We were like, holy fucking crazy, this is freaking yeah. awesome. So then we go into this teepee and it's it's roasting in there. There's a fire. This is California, man. It's hot, right? <laughs> they just kept the fire going, everything like that. And so, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't really know his tunes or anything like that. You can see there's Mike and there's Lindsay. We got to meet Lindsay, Lindsay Chapman. Chapman. Oh, Chapman. Yeah, he's a good bard. She's a good bard. She's a good bard. So, um, and so you can see we're all just, sh and this, this is like this unbelievably intimate performance. And I didn't even know, we didn't know what we were getting into. We sat there and this guy just crushed it, just floored it. Unbel and he played, I don't know what the song was called. You want to tell a story a little bit? What's that? You want to tell a story a little bit? Oh, well, actually, I think he could probably, t I may I maybe I'll try to interview him at some point and try to oh, get his good. story, um, and maybe, I don't know if he'll be into, the, into that, but, you know, his story is, it's a pretty interesting story, like I said, I badgered him, but one of the most intimate perform acoustic performances that I'd ever witnessed, I think this was the only one that would even come close to being on par with this was, um, yeah, I don't even care that the video is all choppy. Um, the only one that was even close was I saw Ryan Adams in um, this church in um, Germany before he was like you know super huge or anything like that. And it was beautiful. There was this was right on par with that. He he killed it. It was really beautiful. And everybody there. It was one of those moments where everybody there was just like, <laughs> so you could hear a pin drop or just listening to everything, you know. And so that was re it was really cool, really surprised. So we got to, so we went from Amanda Vollmer just you know just going doing like this. It was one it was one of these like that's what Amanda Vollmer was doing. She was like oh Jesus Christ. And then we went like how she does it. I know, right? Like how she does it. And then we went to this teepee and we're like, oh, let's go check this shit out. And then like, you just floored. Then oh no, I know this is this is where then, I broke down. These angels appeared. Oh my God. Fucking a. <laughs> So we're sitting there and we're like, and then we got out because it was hot. We went and bought a CD, just getting some, like, well, let's go back in and just see what else is in there. And then these people are playing. This is Clarity, and I don't know his name, but I, I, I talked to him afterwards. They and go by, together, yeah. they go by Kindred. Yeah, they go by Kindred, and Kindred Melodies, I think, on Instagram. And they just, it was beautiful. Like, the some of the most beautiful voices. Once again, I would not be saying this shit if I, no, I'll just it be was, honest. It was, it yeah. was like, 
like the gates of heaven opened and these beautiful angels started blessing us with their voices. It was just And everybody in there was just like crying. once again everybody crying. Was crying. <laughs> crying, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. So this is the ego bites. So we'll be looking forward to seeing them yes. again. So anyway, um and then I got a chance to talk with who I was really looking forward to speaking to, uh Steve Dr. Steve Young, known as Head Flux. And this who guy. Who almost didn't make it. Who almost didn't make it. Yeah, yet another. Like, so after, you know, this magical thing, like, he, you know, he restarted this thing out where he was talking about earth, air, water, and fire, and we were all kind of dealing with all of it. And then pseudo authority. We dealt with the whole spectrum of shit the whole weekend. You know, sheriff coming up and trying to shut the thing down. And anyway, so I got to talk to um, Steve there, and he was basically, he was basically saying about how uh, his, his, his schooling basically taught him that the schooling that he got was bullshit, in other words. So he's he, he, he got a theoretical degree or nuclear physics, right? A th theoretical nuclear physics, whatever. And he was basically saying, he was like, he's like, well, if you could create a nuclear bomb from this, they wouldn't be teaching this shit. To, and that's when he realized, <laughs> oh, the whole thing's bullshit. So this guy has had, you know, really steeped in alchemy, symbolism, geometry, you know, you know, music. He's a musician, plays really beautiful guitar, piano, and a DJ. And so he was, he basically was saying that, you know, he had spent all these years learning, you know, heady math, you know, freaking whatever, calculus, all that other shit that you have to understand, to understand theoretical physics. Um, and then he said like, oh, when he got to, when he got to my stuff, he's like, oh, this guy, this, this, you know, he's like, oh, of course, you know. So anyway, fucking great dude. From that conversation though, when him telling me that, you know, his schooling was nonsense, I ended up writing a song and the song, it just literally just came out. I just sat down, first chords, was like, okay, that, the next thing, blah, 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 blah. And it was all inspired from watching um, Five Times August and and then also a conversation that I had from with Steve Headflux. And so the second verse comes straight from a conversation I had from with Steve. And it says, um, and it's me putting myself in the position of Steve, essentially, right? And I said, I won a prize at school when I followed their rules, did everything right, as they said, memorized their nonsense again and again, took the test and regurgitated, made it through their chains and hoops and fibs, quit listening to all their lies. And the wiser I got, the more I learned, no man is going to bring me that prize, that gift. It comes from the divine. And so that was a verse literally straight from a conversation I had with Steve, you know, um, and the song was straight from listening to, you know, five times August. And so, anyway, so we just, um, my beautiful wife just wanted to share that all with you. We had such a wonderful time. Yes. We just want to thank all the You're people that were there. Now? You got to get out of here now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Be gone with your woman. Anyway. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks. I'll um, see you in the chat. Let me know how the video goes. I might just shut it off. Um, and then, and we'll just keep going. And like I said, usually I do pre-records because of these issues, but we wanted to go live today just because... Just because. So anyway, for um, any, we're, uh, I'm just gonna uh, just say this. If we're just gonna pass the basket around right now, and then I want to talk about the fires that are going on, what I talked about at Music and Sky a little bit, and sort of go over a few things. So, um, if you'd like to support the fine work that we do, uh, donations, Venmo, buy me a coffee, Cash App, um, and snail mail, N two five five zero Southview Court, Monroe, Wisconsin five three five six six. But as of next week, we will be in Missouri. We're moving down there. We're gonna live in a tent. We're, you know how we are, you know how we do it. So we'll talk a little bit about that today as well, about um, putting yourself in the hands of God. 
So I also, um, I'm not going to play the song just because I don't, um, uh, it's probably too emotional. I'll probably start busting up, but I did want to, uh, just read the lyrics quick. Um, been listening to the lies of the televised, this is a song called Only in a World So God Sick. Um, been listening to the lies of the televised tales. I've wailed at the songs they've sung. Been strung out in melodies that clot the blood, playing tunes angry and rough. And enough is enough. I've done had my fill. I still got some fight in me. And if I try to please them all, I'll fall all again. And heaven won't welcome me in. And heaven won't welcome me in. And then the chorus is, been tired of being fed all their shit. And I know it's not like they say it all is. Our suffering finds them their bliss only in a world so godsick. And then the last verse is, uh, I I loosed the reins that strained my soul, gave my whole love back unto God. I can't fix it all, and it's not my job. I can only do what he allows. And if the war must come and it must be had, make it during my time, please. I can handle any wicked thing that they bring. Please, just let the kids be. Or you will answer to me. Been tired of being fed all their shit, and I know it's not like they say it all is. Our suffering finds them their bliss only in a world so godsick. Okay, so, um, all right, thanks to all the people that do support. Thank you. Um, we'll go over the donations and all that at the end here. So, um, how's the video? Is it okay, or should I just shut the video off? I can talk the rest of this, it's totally fine. Let me know, wifey. Um, okay, so. Little choppy, we're just gonna do it. So um, we got a fire update, and it looks like um, you know they're they're starting to hopefully keep those fires at bay and and dampen them down and stuff like that. This is what Mike posted, just so you know. Once again, there's his house, there's the fire, um, you know, and th- this is what you know. This is what he posts. Sometimes the plan is terrifying, and today we're gonna talk about burning burning down our houses. We're gonna talk about the fire. And talk about the fire in our hearts, what's going on in this time, what I see is going on in this time, and what, what I kind of talked about at Music and Sky. So this is his house, and you can see fire right over the ridge. And it looks like right now that they're going to stop it, God, you know, and we, we pray that we pray that those fires do stop because, no one, you know, we want to see those guys back in their house, mainly just because I want to take my wife down to Northern California and visit. It's, it's a total selfish thing, right? I love you guys, but it's really all about me. So anyway, so um, this is the last thing we got. Fire update on my side. Second burn to save gasket is happening now. I'm up on top tending to the water line while 100 firefighters work over a mile of line to get it into the black and stop the oncoming fire. If all works well today, people should be able to come back into their homes. So we're going to pray that they can. This has been the longest two weeks of my life. Can't wait to get into the ocean and jump back onto AlphaCast with Bear and y'all. That's what he's thinking about. He's already got his head in like, how? Okay, so after all this is done, how am I going to continue fucking crushing? Keep the prayers coming. Still not out of the woods by any means, but it's looking much better than four days ago, mainly due to the favorable weather conditions we are all willed into existence. Thanks so much for the love and support, guys. It's meant the world to us. So, so let's talk about the fires. Um, as you guys know, Jennifer and I lived on Hawaii, and this was... Um, I haven't said much about this because... I've been waiting, you know, I try to wait for the right time. And so today is that time. So as you guys know, that's not normal. Anybody tells you that that's normal there, and I'm just going to say this, they're fucking retarded, okay? I don't care if it's a fireman. I don't care who it is. I'm expert. Who cares? You guys have common sense. You guys can use your brain and realize 
and we'll we'll hear this right from Alpha Vedic too. They'll, they'll they'll tell you they're fire. They were firemen, and they'll tell you. So we know that this is not normal. Now we we as you guys know we spent three years um, together on the island. Jennifer spent I don't know eight years before that on the island that sort of thing. So we have a lot of love. Um, it was really hard to leave the island. And I'll talk about that today a little bit. Um, but I know when I, I got to the island, number one, I, it, it didn't take long for me to really sort of fall in love with the island. I ended up being like, God, this place is, is so special. It's so amazing. The people were so good. Um, the, you know, the job that I had, they were really good to us. It, there was a lot of locals that even though we were Howleys, they fucking loved us. You know, it was that sort of thing. So, you know, one of the first things that I found out when I got to the island was, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, those people that do know our story, we got to the island, at, right as Steve, by the way, Steve Headflux was leaving the island, I guess, so, um, got there, and the volcano erupted, right, so there was a 6.9 earthquake, and the volcano erupted, and I got immediately entered, pushed into the politics and everything that had been going on in the, the, the Hawaiian kingdom, and so I ended up doing a documentary that hardly anybody's seen. But anyway, it's called uh, The Kingdom of Hawaii versus Puna Geothermal Venture, where I just documented how the government has been fucking the Hawaiian people for a very long time. And that was, and my introduction to all of that happened within the first week of me being there. You know, it was like, oh, you want to move to Hawaii? Okay, well, now you're going to get a chance. Pele was like, okay, cool. You want to come here? Cool. You're going to have to deal with all this shit. And I did. And now I'm going to teach you some things. That's exactly what happened. And so I ended up doing this documentary basically um, showing. So this was the Puna Geothermal Plant. It's a geothermal plant where they use heat from earth, geothermal, uh, meaning heat, and then they create electricity from it. And, of course, this is a company. There's, um, they're from um, – <clears throat> their main production facilities are based in Yavne, Israel. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but anyway – so um, so they built this plant that uses geothermal, and they built it right on a, uh, 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 what are they called, a, a rift zone. In other words, they know, geologists know where the island, you know, the volcano, chances are is going to erupt. They, like, know it pretty well, so much so that they divide houses and be like, you're in rift zone, lava zone, this, so me, you know, that sort of thing. And they knew all this shit, and then they built a factory with a bunch of explosive shit right on a rift zone against the against the will of the people they, they didn't give a fuck do you think any of that electricity went to the hawaiian people no so i knew for a long time that the government i mean since moving there that was a completely corrupt 100 percent through and through the military presence there is something out of this fucking world and that they had every you know, after especially when COVID hit, I realized that oh, this was going to be the testing zone. We're gonna there anything that they they're gonna try to do here, they're gonna first try to do in Hawaii or Australia and try to get away get away with it there. And so we see that um, these fires. No, so that was that was my introduction to Hawaii, and I'll talk about burning down our house. That's what we're gonna talk about. So we see these fires are going on everywhere. In fact, when Jennifer and I lived in Eugene, and we ended up leaving Eugene, it was because one of the reasons was fucking crazy smoke everywhere. You know, that's when we ended up. You know, because you know they're wildfires, right? Well, this is Canada, and this is Derek Rance. I don't know if you guys know Derek Rance. He's a diagonalite. Um. By the way, I was supposed to speak to Raging Dissident. I don't know if that's going to happen. He's a busy guy. Um, 
So I don't know. I, I was supposed to actually have a conversation with him yesterday, but he couldn't do it. So anyway, love the guy. So, But this is uh, one of the Diagalon people. And he said, so by the way, Canada, you're under attack. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You may want to put down the Cheetos and start paying attention. So... Can't, can't, of course, massive fires. We've seen this going on enough and enough. You know, um, this has been going on a while. And people are starting to, of course, wake up to the fact, this is normal. So there's the wildfires where Mike is um, fighting. Okay. Now, people think that this is a new thing. Well, what I'm going to say is that we're actually starting what you and I are right, we're doing right now, right? And actually humanity is doing right now, is waking up from a long time spell. A long time spell in which the devil, if you will, for lack of a better term, probably a decent term, um, has been uh, doing this for a while. Has been burning, has been burning our history, burning down our world for a long time. And many people know this. Um, this is just this is a small collection of what I could show you, and I think lots of people are getting hip to this stuff, Tartaria and that kind of you know that sort of mud flood kind of shit, right? Um, state capital burns down at least nineteen. Of our 50 states have had a Capitol building damaged by or lost to fire. Kentucky, Missouri, Oregon, South Carolina, and West Virginia have lost two. So, uh, let's see. Michigan Capitol, uh, 1893, burned to the ground. Why? What were they burning? The old world, right? The new world that was really the old world and that they don't want you to know your history... And they want to control everything. And so what are they What are they doing? They're just going to burn shit. Burn the history, right? Who controls the past now? Who controls the future? Who controls the past? You know that Rage Against the Machine? Fuck Rage Against the Machine. Anyway, I think they were quoting 1984. But who controls the past now? Who controls the future? Who controls the future? Who controls the future? Shut up, Zach. Anyway, um, Oregon's capital. 80 years ago, huge fire burned that place down. D.C., the capital, the capture and burning of Washington, D.C. And this, of course, they said this is, you know, war and all this other stuff. And they burned it. And was it all war? Were these all wildfires? What about the Peshtigo fire in 1871? You know where the fire just so happened? This is in Wisconsin here, right? Right where I used to live, Marinette County up there, where the fire burned out millions and millions, 1.5 million acres burned. And it just, the fire just jumped over the bay and just missed. Do you know why that burned there? Do you know what was there? Do you know what, when you look at like the old world, right? You know, where did they put cities? Near riverways and water, right? Well, you can even go to Marinette right there and you can actually see some of the old world. There's like one building that's still standing of the old world architecture. Otherwise, why did they have the Peshtigo fire? Maybe it was a wildfire. I don't know. I wasn't around back then. I wasn't even born. I wasn't even a tickle in my daddy's drawers at that point, okay? So... But if we kind of look at, you know, uh, look at the, you know, sort of the, the pattern that's happening here, I think this has been going on a long time, right? I think a lot of people are getting hip to this. So the Peshtigo Fire, 1871, it was just accident. But the Texas Capitol Fire in 1881, how about this one? How about the Iowa Fire in 1904? About North Dakota or that capital burned. 1930. This is all happening within a span of, you know, basically roughly 70 years, something like that, give or take, you know. Um, Wisconsin Capitol Fire, 1904. Iowa, state right next door. Let's burn that one. 1904 with Capitol. It, in, the, in the middle of winter, there's a fire. 
There's, uh, here's the Olympia State Capitol, 1928. Fire. How about the New York State Capitol in 1911? How about Mrs. O'Leary's cow? Remember this big pile of horse shit that they fed us? The National Geographic's going to remind you, though, because they're a trustworthy source. National Geographic, the Chicago Fire of 1871 and the Great Rebuilding. So... 1871, they, you know, burned, Chicago burned. And then in 1893, they did the World's Fair, remember? Where they did a controlled demolition of the old world and was like, yes, this is all temporary stuff that we just built and we just took it down because we wanted to have a little shindig and a weekend in Chicago. No, these fucking assholes have been doing this for, as far as we know, a couple since the last reset, if you will. And we'll talk about the last reset. So... Why am I bringing all this up? Because, you know, I, and I had said this about, to people at the fast about, because I was talking about world ages. And that's really, I think, what we're undergoing here. And I'm going to show you why I think this. And actually, world age changes is actually what got me, one of the things that got me into doing all of this shit, is that we are in the middle of waking up to the fact that this has been going on a long time. Our generation, us, not not our dad, not our grandpa, not our grandpapas. No, 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 no. That wasn't for their generation. This, us waking up to all this, looking back at our history, being like, that's all bullshit. Looking at our cosmology, that's all bullshit. Looking at, looking at this, like, oh, you're a bunch of peons and losers and you're just a cosmic accident. We're looking at all that and she's like, that's all bullshit. And we're looking at this and we're saying, this is all bullshit. And who's waking up to it? Was your grandpa waking up to it? No, we are in our time. And I'm saying that this is how this works down here. And I'll explain that. What's happening right now is that we're starting to realize that, yeah, the Bible, I think, might have some shit to say. I think there might, there might be some legitimacy there, right? When we look at now oh, the God of this world and we talk about what is the world, does that mean it's the earth? No, it's the world age. And that this is what happens is that we go away from source and we get close to source and we go away from source and we get close to source and we go away from source and we get close to it. And right now, as we see the last how many hundreds of years or whatever, it's like this going away from source is that these, these maniacs and these, you know, absolute despotic, satanic, anti-Christ pieces of shit have been trying to overtake the world for years. Oh, well. As, as we know, we're not going to shake in our feathers at all because you're insane to think that you're in charge. We know you're not. We know you're not in control. And you'll get yours. The phrase, the God of this world, the God of this age, indicates that Satan is the major influence on the ideals, opinions, goals, hopes, and views of the majority of the people. Amen. That's exactly what's going on right now. And as I've said, that pendulum is swinging back. We are watching it swing back. And not just watching it, we are going to participate in that swing back. Because God is the one that swings this thing. You know that, right? And I'll show you that. That God is the one that swings that. God just wants to know, hey, when, you, when this thing is swinging back towards the golden age, the goodness, things like that, where are you? Are you crying in despair and be like, oh, it's all fucked and stuff like that? Or are you going to be Mike Winter? God's literally asking you, are you going to be like Mike Winter? <laughs> after, after lifting everybody's hearts and starting fire in people's hearts, are you going to go stomp out the fires that were started by the evil ones? When, when the ship is getting, when the waves are getting dashed onto the ship and you're like batting down the hatches and all this other shit, are you going to 
cry and whimper and whine? Or are you going to see yourself through the storm? You know, God's just, this is happening. How are you going to deal with it? That's what God, that's what God is watching right now. And I've said this numerous times, and this is exactly what was what this is what's going on right now. God is giving us the opportunity. He's saying, "Do you want to live in their world where history's a lie and they fucking burn everything and it's agents of chaos and they're pseudo authority and they're lying about cosmology, or do you want to live in my world?" And God's given us the opportunity right now to answer Him. And I'm saying the people that if you're here and you're watching this. You better answer correctly, otherwise you shouldn't be at this church. And that's what I saw, that's what we saw at Music and Sky, was a bunch of people that were saying, we're not living in that fucking asshole's world. We're living in his world. So let's talk about burning down our house. Now I said this, I once again, I'm going to repeat this. I'm saying, we were all praying, we're like, please save my, you know, save everything, all of that sort of stuff. Of course, all of us were. But I had said, I was like, if anybody can handle their houses being burned down, it's Dr. Bear and Mike. Okay? And then, then this is what I mean. How many times have I burned down my house? How many times have I burned down my house? I spent, I realized I spent my life burning down my house. We're not doing any video anymore, so right now, because this is live. No more video from me. That's right. We're just going to talk. How many times have I burned down my house? And what do I mean? Well, I mean, there's, I don't know how many times in my life where I've, you know, had lived in a good situation or whatever it was and things like that, and I literally just up and left it all. I literally just went, all right, I'm taking a chance. We're just going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. I don't know what's at the other end of it. You know, I before I was even, you know, a preacher or anything like that, I was essentially putting my faith in God. I, I also knew that I had a support network. I had people that loved me. I knew that I, you know, I had all of that sort of stuff. And so I just, you know, I there's many times in my life where I was like, all right, I'm done with that. I'm literally just going to let it all go and I'm moving on to the next thing. And this is what exactly, this is what happened to me and Eugene um, when we when Jennifer and I moved to Hawaii. <clears throat> this is exactly, uh, actually, uh, actually, I'll say, that I'll talk before I even met Jennifer. Uh, when I was with my ex and I started basically getting into, you know, I had spent several years really intensely, you know, studying, getting into esoterica and math and all this other stuff. And when I left Eugene for the first time, Eugene, Oregon, and moved back to Wisconsin, I was, you know, I was with my ex. And at the time, we had a wonderful house. I had tons of friends. I had a lot of people that respected me. The job was starting to pay me, you know, not what I was worth, of course, but, you know, starting to pay me well or better anyway, that sort of thing. I was playing in a band. The band was successful. We were playing all over. I was having a hoot, loved where I lived, everything like that. And then I, there was a point where this was about 32, 33 years old when I started writing my first Pi the Great Work uh, book. I literally just dropped everything. I just was like, okay, all friends, everything like that. There's some, there's something else I'm, I'm supposed to do. And that's what the first book was all about. And so I left everything, my friends, the job. We, we literally moved back to Wisconsin and I had no idea what I was going to do. And then one thing led to another, and then that end that relationship ended because I I she wasn't Jennifer. I had to meet the actual love of my life. So I you know once again I had built that relationship for eleven years and friendships, and it burned it down. I left it all. 
having no and I was scared and I had no idea what I was going to do. So then I left for Eugene myself. Ended up living in Eugene, got a job, you know, met some friends and things like that. And um and then ultimately Jennifer came into my life, of course. And Jennifer was like we spent some time in in Oregon and she couldn't handle the chemtrails or the freaking smoke from the wildfires, the very wild and so we ended up saying, let's just drop everything. At that point, I was manager at a, at a you know, business. I had a bunch of friends there. You know, Jennifer and I, we had a nice little place, that sort of stuff. And we're like, let's just burn it all down. We sold everything. We, 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 left, for, we left for Hawaii with, you know, um, two pallets, which most of that shit ended up, we don't even have that anymore. It's all gone. And we just up and left. And when we got there, the first thing that happened was <laughs> the volcano blew up. And so here we had, you know, we had these expectations or whatever. We were going to Hawaii and all this other stuff. And then next thing you know, the volcano erupts. And all of it was like, oh, shit, now we have to rethink everything. And we did. And so we spent that whole time, like, literally, you know, in fact, we were up at the top of the volcano, not, what, a mile and a half away from the, from the cauldron, not even. And when it blew, and then when we, when we, ended up living for the next six months or whatever it was before we bought our, our house here, we ended up living at the bottom of the volcano watching this thing. So complete, I mean, we had no idea what we were going to do. We had no idea what the future was. We we're like, gee, we just got to Hawaii. We're trying to establish our life and everything goes up, you know, just right. And it was so funny because, you know, I had basically asked God my entire life burned down my house. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like I was always like, oh, you know, I'm ready for the next thing, that sort of thing. And then I get to Hawaii. God gives me exactly what I needed, exactly what I had yearned for. And what did I do? I bitched about it. And it was the best thing I could have ever asked for. Same thing happened during COVID. You know, COVID hits and we ended up what? We we're on the island and, you know, we knew that, hey, you know, the most important thing right now is family. The most important thing is being around family. So what did we do? We fucking left everything. We had built, I, we had just finished building our house. Um, this was us moving around. Sorry. This is us moving around the island. <laughs> left, you know, packing that shit. And I don't even have most of that stuff anymore. It's all gone. But, you know, so, you know, when, the, when you know, the volcano hit and stuff like that. And after, excuse me, when COVID hit. You know, we had just finished our house. We, we, you know, we just, we'd gotten chickens several months earlier. We had just finished our garden. You know, we had, we had just put in new solar. And within probably three days, not even, Jennifer and I were like, we have to leave everything. We have to just up and leave everything. Everything that we had built, we quote unquote set fire to. We burned down the house. Why? Well, because it was preparing us for what was to come. If I didn't burn that house down in Hawaii, remember that shit? You guys remember this? <laughs> if I didn't burn that house down in Hawaii, I would never be doing what I'm doing right now. If it wasn't for COVID, if it wasn't for the evils of COVID, I don't think I would have started this church. So is COVID a blessing? Is all of this terrorism that's going on right now, that is not going to last forever. And I'll show you why it's not going to last forever. I'm not saying this to make you feel better. I don't do that shit. I'll tell you why it's not going to last forever. Right? If it wasn't for those things, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. If it wasn't for COVID, this church wouldn't be operating. I had given up my guitar gear several times in my life. In fact, 
Um, I remember distinctly when I first started out on my spiritual path, or I don't want to say first, whatever. I was, I was on, I was, uh, what was it, 19th and Madison Street in Eugene, Oregon, and I had spent years. And this is not the guitar gear, actually, but this is. I don't have any of this shit anymore except the guitar. Um, uh, I had spent years trying to get my best guitar equipment. Like I had the pedal board, and I had all the pedals, and I had all the the stuff that would, you know, all the, the connections, every, everything. I had that perfect amp. I had this, you know, the guitar that I had really wanted. All of this stuff that as a guitar player, I had been dreaming of years of like, you know, acquiring and having the best gear and the fucking great. And it was sounded great. I mean, I had a great tone. You know, it was like a, a reissue amp, Fender uh, a Reverb, a fucking awesome amp. And at one point I said, I'm going to sell it all. I just literally got up one day and I'm like, I'm, I'm getting rid of all of this stuff. Right. And it was to challenge myself. Because at that point, I'm like, I need to challenge myself. I need to say, can I just pick up that stupid old black acoustic guitar and can I write a song with the least amount of things that I can? And it was a challenge and it was exactly what I needed because not only did I allow myself to just let go, you know, not cling to things, hold on to things, let possessions possess me. And we'll talk about that moving forward. We'll also talk about it next week when we do Matthew chapter nine or 19. Um... But I was like, all these things that I thought I identified with and all these things that I quote unquote would bring me happiness, I had to say, I'm going to let it go. And the lessons I learned from this have been unbelievable. And I've been doing this ever since. In fact, Jennifer and I just did this when we, um, you know, we, we moved from from up north. You know, we knew that we wanted to spend, we, we were free, we weren't working, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, for these 40-hour-a-week jobs right away, we had to get up. We had some freedom, so we wanted to spend some time with family. And we're like, you know what? We don't really know. We were going to move to Missouri. We got a piece of land. We didn't know what we're going to do with it or anything like that. We literally just put ourselves into, into you know, uh, bigger hands and just let him decide and get out of the way kind of thing. And we just burned it down. The last two years, we built that house, and we're like, you know, we're, it's, it's done. And why are we doing this? Because we're flighty. Well, that's true. But because... We um, we know when it's time, you know, that this is this whole life is fleeting and passing, and we'll talk about that. I've lost two whole book um, book libraries, two of them. I've lost. <laughs> I was living it out of my car and traveling around, and I left my books a whole bookshelf when we thought we were moving to California, and they went into storage. And literally books that I had I had collected, an entire collection. I had like, you know, the co- complete works of William Shakespeare and William Blake and, and freaking, you know, whatever. Edgar Allan Poe. And all of it was gone. And now most people are like, oh my God, my books. Uh, no, I just burned it down. And, just we're, and the reason I'm talking about this is that we're in a time where we're going to have to let a lot of things go. That there's going to be great changes that happen. And that this has been prophesized, of course. And we'll talk about that. And that we have to learn to let things go, which doesn't mean we're just like, we're just going to let the bad guys burn everything down because no, no, no. We're going to also rebuke them and call them out. But we're also not going to cling to the to an old world in which we didn't even fucking like, guys. We're worried about the future because like, ah, they're destroying the world, blah, blah, blah. Well, we have no idea what's on the other side, what's to come. They operate as if, God isn't on our side. We operate knowing God is on our side because God is on the side of whose people of his people. And these evil people of the world are not on their fucking side. I, I've said this numerous, numerous, numerous times that if evil was actually in control, 
we would not be here. So everybody just calm the fuck down. Don't get your BBDs in a bind. Don't get your undies in a grundy, as I like to say. We're going to have to deal with some shit. A lot of it. Especially in the next 20 years. Guarantee it. Quote Marty Leeds. But anybody that's saying that this is the end of the world, like everything's just going to up and vanish and be destroyed, you're completely wrong. Now, this might be the end of a world age. In fact, I think that's exactly what's going on. I think the people that are in charge are, are trying to monopolize on that. But we're waking up to the fact that now it's our time to respond. And I think that's what we're going to see in the next 20 years as humanity start to respond. Once again, we know God wins. God is going to swing that pendulum in, as he does. He's just going to be like, who's going to be on it? Who's going to be on that swing back? Who's going to be fighting for what's good, true, and right and beautiful in this world? This comes from next week, chapter 19. Okay? This is, and talk about letting things go. Being able to, like I said, you know, Alpha Vedic and Mike, we don't want their houses burned down. We want all those things. But if anybody's going to be able to handle that shit, it's those two guys. Okay? This is what Jesus said. If thou will be perfect, go and sell thou that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Where's where's treasures exist? Treasures exist in treasure chests. And what's in your chest? It's your heart, as we know. Uh, you, and and f- come and follow me. And then this guy heard him and he's like, ah, I wanted to follow you. But I had, he had great possessions. He was possessed by his possessions because he was clinging on to things in a world in which everything perishes. Everything gets gone. It's the law of the land. Things become extinct. And we'll talk about that. It's the impermanence. And we'll, we'll revisit this next week. The devil loves the materialist as possession comes from one's possessions. It's this thing, and we'll read this towards we'll read this towards the end. But this is the impermanence, and just recognize the in, in impermanence of, of where of what what's going on here. The only thing that is actually permanent is, as we know, the the eternal. You know, God. That thing was like that's the totality of love. You know that thing? Yeah, that. Everything else gets gone. And one of these things that I think the fire is teaching us, even if it has to come through evil, it's that. It's to recognize that and actually focus on what's permanent. Our entire, as I've, t- as I keep teaching, as I keep teaching, and I hammer this point home, this is our cosmology. This is our cosmology. This is exactly what all of us experience. Everything above is incorruptible, incorporeal, metaphysical, beyond the physical. You can't corrupt it. Down here, it's terrestrial it's physical it's corruptible it's passing it's fleeting it's impermanent and god just wants us to understand that impermanence and what are we supposed to spread that which is eternal what's that the fire in our hearts so this was alphabetic they got back to the farm and um they were, you know, back and watering the plants and stuff like that. And this is what this is what Bear uh, sent out uh, one of the one of his emails. And I just want to read this. Okay, says I wish this was a routine weekly Alpha Vedic newsletter, but Alpha Cast business operations and farm duties are on hold indefinitely. Still reeling in the aftershock of the devastation of Maui, our cherished home of many years. He was a he was an islander too. Um, the Alpha Vedic farm is now surrounded by menacing fires and an ominous proximity. These fires are not normal. 
in both number and character. The staggering multitude of constant fires and erratic nature amidst other observable anomalic, anomalic excuse me, phenomenon are now revealing predictable patterns. In my last newsletter, I cited uh, the weather modification, atmospheric aerosoling, and D, um, you know, DEWs, you guys know, as the three primary factors underlying the new wave of institutionalized arson. As a former professional firefighter, I call BS on the conventional climate change and other cover stories that attempt to divert from the obvious. This is warfare. And then, of course, he basically talks about how... Um, they they left and they got you know they uh, they got to safety. So this is um, this is what I said. I had a friend when I was working at the vet, and during the first week of COVID, he said, "Hey, Kevin," because that's my actual name. He's like, "Hey, man, uh, wh what's going on?" And this was just so funny. The name the kid's name was Israel. You, you couldn't make this shit up. God's got a fucking awesome sense of humor. So I turned to Israel and I was like, "Well, it's your fault, you asshole." No, I I turned to Israel and I said. He's, he asked me, he's like, hey, man, what's going on? And I said, the government's at war with the people. That's exactly what I said. And he looked at me like I was a kook, and that happens all the time. And then you find out later, Marty was right. Anyway, um, so this is what I posted during COVID, during the lockdowns. You know, we, we do, do see, see the increasing number of cases. The reason we are doing the shutdown is because we cases. want to get the virus back under control so we can begin the reopening process again. So we can only be successful as a community if each and every one of us does our part to stay physically distant from people, to wear our masks, to wash our hands, stay home when you're sick, uh, and really act as if you're contagious because that's the best way for us to flatten the curve uh, and get the virus uh, back under control. So thank act as if you are diseased cattle. This is a war, and the only way to win a war is by all of us working together. The federal government, the state government, and the city government, and we stand here, all three levels, together, to fight this war and to win. Let's hear that again. It's by all of us working together. The federal government, the state government, and the city government, and we stand here, all three levels, together to fight this war and to win. And that gives me great hope. So that's Governor Ige and Mayor Kirk Caldwell. Let's get real. Let's get real, all you Democrats and the Republicrats. Let's get real. Our government that is ruling over us literally now, making rules and mandates like kings, like untouchable kings, your government is a criminal cartel. We're at war. And our government is a criminal cartel. So all you reds and blues, while you fight one another, the government rolls on being like, good, that's the plan.
Sorry. It's a shit show this morning. <laughs> so this is what Alphavedic, um, uh, this is the, the email that they had sent out that ended and said, many of us have always known this time would come. Past prophets saw it and we have all been summoned to see this through. The looming financial tsunami, war, and pandemic part two have all been orchestrated to break our will. Will aligned with spirit cannot be broken. So he says, many of us have always known that this time would, would come. Past prophets saw it. We've all been summoned to see this through. This is what we've been talking about for a long time, guys. Okay? That all of these cultures around the world had said, hey, there, this is, there's world age changes. And when we look back at the past, we look at the archaeological record, we look at what, what we've been left with, that's exactly what we see. We see golden ages and dark ages. We see, you know, uh, Gothic cathedrals and Tartarian and this. And then we see mound builders and we see natives this. And we see, you know, history is just this mess of up and down and ebbs and flows, right? And this is exactly what all of these advanced cultures talked about. Christian Hebrew, Indian, Greek, native, around the world they've talked about this. Now, my speech at Music and Sky was all about this. It was is an optimistic look at the world ahead. And the fact that, you know, the, the idea that Marty Leeds would be giving a speech talking about an optimistic look at the world, that is ridiculous. But I just have to be honest with you guys. Why do I see an optimistic look at the world ahead? Well, number one, I listen to my ancestors. I listen to my people, my tradition. What is that tradition? It's the mystery school tradition. Do you know what the mystery school tradition talks all about all the time? World age changes. A lot of times you can't even get into one of those books without them being like, yes, there's, you know, they talk about epochs and eons and ages of time. This is what I talked about. Which is like, you want, I talk, we, we talk all the time, it's like, faith requires evidence. That's literally what Hebrews 11.1 1 says. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen, right? We talk about evidence all the time when we have faith. And we say, oh, well, how, how can you have faith that, you know, that, that, that God is in control and that this shit isn't going to last forever? Because I just, I'm a Gnostic and I know my world. I just look at my world. What happens after night? Day. What happens after day? Night. High tides, low tides, the seasons, everything down here, whether it's the moon, whether it's the sun, whether it's the, you know, whether it's menstruation, it all happens in a cycle. And what they want us to believe is that we're, you know, this evil and this evil comes in these cycles. And so does the goodness. Like I said, it's going towards source and away from source, going towards it and away from it. Well, we've been away from source. And it looks like this happens on, you know, several hundred year periods or whatever. Been away from a source. And guess what? And guess what happens? Well, you know, it's not night forever. You know, they want us believing that, oh, the, we're in the winter of humanity's conscious right now and it's going to last forever as if we're so fucking dumb not to understand that spring is going to come. We're not. We're smarter than that. They want to, like, as, as, Dr. Bear was saying they want to break our will so that we just like, oh, it's just winter and we'll just take whatever spring that the government offers us. <laughs> well, I'm here to say that's not going to happen. 
And I'm going to do my part to make sure it doesn't. I know that this is a place where good and evil works. Why? I'm a pie fan. You know, um, the yin-yang, the hunubku. Do you know how many symbols, do you know how many things in, in this world tell us that this is an ebb and flow? That this is a high tide and low tide? I'm not telling you to be optimistic because I want to make you feel fucking better. I'm telling you to be optimistic because you should pay attention to God. I was on Alpha Vedic show and I said this exact same thing two years ago. <clears throat> the, you know, Bear and Mike contacted me and was like, hey, you want to have a chat? And anytime they want to have a chat, I say yes, of course. And they are, and I said, you know, are we truly in prophetic times? And they're saying this sort of has been prophesized and stuff like that. Well, how do they prophesize it? Because they looked into a crystal ball and they saw the future and these people were so genius. No, they just understood God. They understood the role of evil. They understood the role of good. They understood the teleology, the purpose of earth. They looked at the cycles all around them and they're like, oh, okay, that's how this works. Then they looked at their history. Remember we talked about the, once again, long before allegedly the pale face in their myths ever showed up, the Ojibwe were saying what? They went through, through some hard times. Why? Of course they did. And they also went through some glorious times. One of the things that got me into this, I want to play the video. I'm not going to be able to play the video. I'll just, uh, I'll just uh, show up. But one of the things that got me into doing all of this stuff, the symbolism and the archaeoastronomy and the horology and the star study and the math was um, the Mayan calendar was 2012. I remember getting really sort of smacked in the face by 2012 being like, hey, this is weird. You know, like what's going on? Now, for those of you that are hip to, and I did this video called The Genius of the Mayan Calendar. And for all those cheeps, my lord, speaking of demons, um, I did this video called The Genius of the Mayan Calendar where I did a deconstruction. Not that many people have watched this, so that's, it is what it is. But or I did a deconstruction of the Mayan calendar and showed how the Mayans were fucking geniuses. That's why I call it the genius. The whole Mayan calendar, all of their calendars, because it wasn't just one calendar. They actually had a bunch of different calendars that worked, in, you know, worked off one another. They were all, I don't want to say all, but as far as I could tell, the main portion or the main, um, I want to say, um, system or mechanics, if you will, of the Mayan calendar was based on the human and the mathematics of the human being. The basic mechanics of the Mayan calendar was is based off the mathematics of the human being. The Mayans prophesized that around this time, and it wasn't just like on 2012 that day. No, they, they, they even talked about like a 72-year shift and that sort of stuff. That there would be a time of great change. Okay? And this is what the Mayans say. They never said pole shift, end of the world, fuck, nothing. Literally nothing of the sort. They were saying that, look, this is going to be a time of great upheaval. There's going to be a time of, you know, a great change, that sort of stuff. But then ultimately what will come will be a, an era of peace. What did Hollywood give you? The exact fucking opposite. We were warned. Pole shift. Waters. Complete destruction. Armageddon. That's what they told us about. The Mayans said nothing of the sort. Nothing. Their prophecies, even to, to, this, to this day, said nothing of the sort. Now, I learned this all this stuff from a guy named John Major Jenkins. May he rest in peace. A great man, John was. John is a great, great man. 
um, Jennifer and I actually, before we moved to um, to the island, we were actually going to live in John Major Jenkins' basement. Is crazy, crazy story, and and then I ended up not hearing from him, and I was kind of upset, and then I found out that he had passed from from cancer anyway. But John was a legitimate scholar, an absolute like genuine scholar. He was he went down, he he like lived with the Mayan people. He would spend his summers going down there. He was releasing books like DIY before Create Space and all that sort of stuff. John, John Major Jenkins, I have footage of him at the 2012 movie premiere, and he's li- and I'm not going to play it because it's going to just skip and shit. But basically, John Major Jenkins is telling all these Hollywood people that he's like, um, you know, it's uh, it's not really surprising. Hollywood does what Hollywood does; they're going to make a show and a spectacle on it. And he, but he's literally telling these reporters that don't give two fucks. He's like, but if we actually study the Maya tradition and what they actually have to say, we can actually learn a whole bunch about you know what humanity is and what time frame we're in, all this other stuff. He was saying it way back then, way back then he was saying this shit, before 2012 even hit. He was like, oh no, they were just saying great changes, that sort of stuff. They marked all of their stuff. Where? Did, how did they mark it? They, they looked into the crystal ball. They saw they had a great prophet. They thought in the future. No, man. They looked at the fucking sky. They looked at the gospel and they said the same thing. It's going to be rough, as it always is. Sometimes winter's rough. Do you think spring is going to come, though? Of course. 2012, this is what Hollywood fed you. While they were preparing for their great reset, and we're preparing for our greater reset, what were they feeding you? Doomsday shit. Had nothing to do with what the Mayans had to say. But what does Hollywood do? Fear. This is the Hopi prophecy. Remember, this is all from that fucking wizard, Dr. Bear, telling us that, hey, this time has been prophesized. This is a guy that's in the middle of possibly losing his house, and he's telling you, he's like, look, this, is, uh, this has been in the works for a while, you know? <laughs> Giving you reassure, reassurance while his shit's in peril. That's a man. That's a man. Now the, the famous Hopi prophecies that describe this time of, ooh, I'm not going to butcher that, Padawationi, hmm, anyway, of purification. This would be a time of purification. What happens in winter, naturally? The snow, the snow that, you know, that blankets the earth, this white, white, pure snow that's in the form of cold water, if you will, and then the snow melts and what happens? All of that snow goes in the earth. What is it? Winter's a baptism for earth. We as a humanity undergo it too. Not my opinion. Not my opinion. I just look at nature. I just look at earth and that's what it does. And I look at the sky and that's what it does. And then I go to all of these prophets that I have learned from. All of these cultures that I learned from. What are they saying? The same shit. They're literally telling us this. Now the famous Hopi prophecies that describe this time of purification of social and ecological disruption that will eventually bring a time of lasting peace over the world's people. But before that, we will have to go through the eye of the storm. I have literally been saying this for years. I'm like, this is not going to last forever. We're going to see some shit. We are going to see some hell, but ain't going to last forever. Why do I say that? Once again, because I'm a Gnostic. The, The sun will tell you that story. Don't listen to Marty Leeds. The Hopi prophecy, the emergence of the fifth world. 
Then there will be much to rebuild. And soon, very soon afterward, Bahana will return. He shall bring with him the dawn of the fifth world. He shall plant the seeds of his wisdom in their hearts. We just got through. There was like, you know, of course they don't. It's like, is it the seventh fire? Is it the eighth fire? Is it the fifth world? We're a a species with amnesia. We don't know our history. So all we could do is like say, okay, well, basically, what is the general theme that what these cultures literally around the world are saying? That there's ages and eons, right? Is it the seventh? Is it the eighth? Here's the seven fires prophecy. We just covered the Anishinaabe. Seven fires prophecy is an Anishinaabe prophecy that makes phases or epochs in the life of the people of Turtle Island. You know, when we covered the Ajibwe and how they, they covered the same star patterns, they had the same explanations for the, you know, the, the, the Silver Gate and the Golden Gate. They had the same explanations for Polaris. They pointed to the same fucking place in the sky where Orion is, and they had the kids shooting in the middle of that monad, the six around one. Remember that? They had all the same thing. And then what did they tell us? The same thing that the Mayans were saying. So... They're doing their little great, great reset right now. And why are they doing it right now? Because these people are aware and they don't want you to know. They don't want you to know that, oh, guess what? <sighs> Spring's coming. No, they, they don't want you to plant your shit for the spring. Because they're like, nah, they, we're just going to put it in their minds that it's going to be winter forever. As if this guy runs shit. Fuck this guy. God have mercy on his repugnant soul because he's going to need it. God Love him, of course. I love you, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab, I love you. You bald fuck. They want us chained to their wizardry and spells, and it's not working anymore. Rejoice. For we are the ones that get to break the spell. I said this at the Flattoberfest. I think I said this at well, one of the, I don't know if it was a Flattoberfest or one of the Thames I did, one of the conferences I did. But, you know, I, once again, I'm not telling you this because to make you feel better. Rejoice. We're breaking their spells. And once that fire starts, they it's not like the fires, you know, these are fires that, that, are, that are lit with eternal flames that the devil doesn't get to put out. You get what I'm saying? And just so you guys know, when we talk about cycles, E. Michael Jones had something pretty interesting to say about this. You guys know E. Michael Jones? The Logas. The Logas. <laughs> e. Michael Jones said, uh, just so you know, um, if you look at history, the Antichrist, we'll just say that, the, the Jewish power pretty much only lasts for about 80 years before it gets upturned. Israel just celebrated its 75th. Now, I've been saying... We're going to see some shit in the next couple of years. Just so you guys know, I'm right. And I'm not saying I'm right because I'm a prophet. No, I'm just I'm just paying attention to what this world does and what's been going on in history. And I know the power of God. I've seen it happen in my life. So I'm going to end with this. As I was putting all this together and talking about, hey, but you know, letting go of those things. And what do I mean by letting go? Letting, you know, burning the house down, letting go of the, just like during COVID, we had to let a lot of friendships go, didn't we? Because we found out that they weren't real friends. And what did that do? Oh, there's all oh, the forest burned. It was all so sad. I loved those fucking trees. But that gave 
the opportunity for a new forest to grow, correct? Yes, that's how it works down here. That's what happened to so many of us in COVID. I said, I pretty much, most of my friends, I, there's pretty much like one guy that I can even talk to uh, anymore about all my old friends because I'm the crazy fucking kook, right? And I'm the guy that believes the earth is flat and virality and blah, 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 And I'm not fucking budging, as you guys know. So... Anyway, when we talk about, you know, uh, burning down the house and start, you know, starting those fires in our heart, this led me to, I kept going back to this episode of Northern Exposure that my wife and I really like. You guys know Northern Exposure? It's about a Jewish man that ends up going to, he's a doctor and he gets put into Alaska and, and he's, you know, out of his element and that sort of thing. And that's basically the premise of the show. Anyway, it's a great show. It's great characters and stuff like that. But I kept going back to this episode and the episode was called Burning Down the House. Right, And I kept thinking about it as I was putting this live stream together. And I just kept thinking about it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just go back and, you know, I'll just, just check it out. So this was what was in, I'm just being straight with you guys. This, it kept popping up in my head. I said, burn down the house. Go to that, go back to that episode. So I went back to the episode as this was, this was God, if you will, being like, hey, hey, go, dude, go check this out. The episode just happens to be season three, episode 14. <laughs> I'm on my bike the other day and I'm, you know, putting this live stream together in my head and it's, you know, it's that voice that's saying, ah, go, back, go, go check it out. Go there, go there, go there. So I go and check it out. It's episode, episode 14, season three, and it's called Burning Down the House. And it's uh, Maggie O'Connell's mother comes for a visit and tells her that uh, she's getting divorced. And Chris, Chris Stevens, DJ Chris Stevens, Chris in the morning, he builds this big trebuchet, this catapult, and he, he's going to fling a cow and he ends up flinging a piano. It's a, it's a great episode if you guys haven't seen it. So I'm just going to give you some highlights and then, then I'll, I'll mention why I'm mentioning this. So so in the beginning, he's like, hey, this is the opening scene. And, you know, it's Dr. Joel Fleischman. He comes up to Chris and he's like, hey, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building a trebuchet building a big catapult. He's like, well, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to fling a cow. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fling a cow. He's like, wow, that's kind of fucked up, man. And he's like, well, why are you doing that? For a cathartic moment. He's literally building this huge trebuchet. He's allegedly going to kill a cow or whatever, just so everybody can have a moment of artistry, to have this cathartic moment of actually seeing a piece of art. It's like, you know, it's, um, I forget what they call like, living art or whatever, I forget what they call it. Anyway, kind of a fucked up thing, but this is not where it ends. So anyway, he goes to build this big catapult, this big trebuchet. Well, d during the episode, it turns out Ed comes up to him and he's just like, hey man, um, oh, it's like, I don't know if you know this, but um, Monty Python, the movie Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail, they already flung a cow. And I have the video, I'm not going to show it to you, but it's, it's kind of funny. So, And so Chris goes into this pit of despair. He's like, fuck. <sighs> somebody's already flung the cow. I'm done. My whole art project, I'm just stopping everything, right? He's not going to build the trebuchet. And then all of a sudden, Maurice comes in and he's just like, you know what? You got to go out and fling something. You know, just you stop living in despair. Stop being a victim, all this other shit. Just keep living, in other words. Do what, do everything you're going to do. All, all this thing was going to stop you and you had all your pre preconceptions and all this other thing about how life was going to be and then it didn't turn out like you thought. And Maurice's comment to him is just like, keep fucking living, dude. Go out and fling something, right? Completely uplifting. So Chris learns, he's like, oh, that cow had already been flung. So Chris learned the lesson that Jesus teaches us. It's so funny, his name is Chris, as in Chris, right? And it's uh, the thing that hath been it, it is that which shall be and that which is done. Um, and there is no new thing under the sun. 
This whole thing we talk about cycles of destruction and rebuilding and chaos and order and evil and good, this shit's been going on since the beginning, guys. We just woke up to the fact that, oh, this is where we are. That's a blessing, by the way. That's a blessing, okay? So he finds out that's like, ah, oh, man, somebody's already flung that cow. Ah, I'm done, right? So he learns, oh, there's no, no new thing under the sun. So then Maggie's mom shows up. I'll show you why I'm talking about this. Maggie's mom shows up and she's like, hey, um, your husband and I, or your father and I are getting a divorce. And so Maggie O'Connell has in her whole life this image of who she was and what her life was like and that she lived in this, oh, I lived in this perfect household and mom and dad loved each other. And, and the and next thing you know, all of her miscon all of her preconceptions, all of her misconceptions, all the bullshit that she, you know, all the lies, all of a sudden came up to her in her face be like, oh, guess what? Now you're going to have to deal with this. Well, what is this? Well, this is history. This is us being like, oh, guess what? History was a lie. Oh, all those things we were taught about was a lie. Our cosmology, it's a lie. And what's our response? Are we supposed to play the victim? Be like, oh, see, I was all fucked. You lied to me and stuff like that. And that's what Maggie O'Connell does. She plays the victim. And as all of this is happening, her house burns down. It's like the next, you know, whatever, next day, her house burns down. And so her mom comes in and basically tells her that her whole life has been a sham and so, and then all of a sudden her mom, is just, she sees the house is burning. She runs up. She's like, oh my God, you know, it's like, and then she tells her, it was like, oh, I'm actually the one that started that fire. I left a, uh, you know, I, I, I left a wet towel on the radiator and it's the thing that started the fire. Okay. And so she's like, holy shit, you just came into my life and you told me that it was all a sham. Everything that I thought was a lie. And then you come into my life as this is the antithesis. Like she's annoyed with her mom. She doesn't even want her mom necessarily to come visit her in Alaska because she's always got to lie to her. And then this thing that she's really quote unquote hates or is really annoyed with is the thing that actually burns down her house. So the very thing that she didn't want is the thing that ends up coming in and gives her a blessing and then burns down her house, as you're going to see, right? So immediately, what does she say? She falls into victimhood. Just like so many people that look at these fires and look at all the burning and all the evil that's going on in the world and fucking Lieutenant jo Governor Josh Green, you evil piece of shit, sees it all. It's like, oh, evil, despair, depression. And they cannot see past that. Guess what happens when something burns down? Rebuilds. And that's what I saw with Mike and, and Bear. They're in the middle of possibly watching everything that they worked for go up in flames. And did they have one ounce of despair? No. How are you going to make... I'm not saying it wouldn't be sad if that was, if that was to be the case. Of course, we all know. But when you have somebody like a, a Dr. Bear and a Mike who knows that this place is is fleeting and passing and that everything down here perishes except the love of God. And then you're going to try to threaten them with things that perish. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Once you, and this is what I've experienced. Once you burn down your house so many times in your life, you're like, you got fucking nothing. You know who teaches us this? Jesus. And I'll show it to you. We've already, we've already been over it. Jesus is literally saying in, in the way that Jesus does much more eloquent than Marty Leeds. He's saying, it's like, if you burn down your house, you're not going to have anything to fear. 
I have no pillows. I have nothing. I have no underwear. If I had a pet, it'd be dead. Everything I had was in that house. All of my, all the image of who I thought I was was in that house. And I built that up all these years. And then I found out it's a sham. And what's your response? Well, no, it's, it's a beauty. It's a beautiful thing because God's like, oh, that was a sham. Now you get to know the lies. Guess what comes with knowing the lies? If you're diligent and you keep on the path, the truth. That is a blessing. I have nothing. I feel nothing. I am nothing. Despair and victimhood. This mom comes in. It's your fault. First she ruins my life. Then she ruins my life. She comes in and burns down my house. So her antithesis is what burned down her house. And just like we see in the world, right? As I said, this church would not be here if it wasn't for COVID. COVID burned down a house of mine, and I'm grateful for it. Their mom says this, one of the most symbolic things of the whole episode. She comes up after the whole thing, Maggie O'Connell's outside, and she says, doesn't it feel kind of good? In a way, you're lucky. You're lucky. I waited till I was 58 years old to figure out that the life I was living and all the stuff that I had been taught and all those distortions and that was all lies. It took me all that time to figure that shit out. That I was living an image of myself as opposed to being an image of God. And I love that house. Just like I loved that band. I loved Jamelia that I was in that band. I loved where I lived in, in, in or I loved our house in, in Hawaii. I loved it. But you know what? It was a blessing to burn it down, to let it go. And then she says, I wish I've done I wish I'd done it sooner. I wish I'd have burned that fucking thing to the ground sooner. Cause then I would actually know what freedom is. Then I would actually know what God is. When I was clinging to things that weren't authentic and real and I was possessed, that's when I couldn't allow God in my life. You're lucky. You got to burn down your house, you know? So, and then the funny thing is, is after her house burns, the only thing that's saved in the whole house is her mom's pair of shoes. Because why? Because God has a sense of humor. <laughs> that's why. So, so then they're in the shambles of, they're in the, you know, the, it's Maggie and she's going through her house and Chris Stevens while he's trying to find his spark. He's trying to find his vision. He's trying to find that, you know, that spark of God to, you know, get his artistic piece going. He's like, I can't fling the cow anymore. Monty Python already flung that cow. So in the midst of this whole burning down, what does he find? He finds an old piano. Finds an old piano. What does he do? He ends up putting that piano on the trebuchet at the end of the film and flings it. And everybody was like, oh my God, it was this magical moment. And oh, my blah, blah, blah. It was just amazing. And all this other stuff. And when you see the episode too, it's really great. You feel you actually feel good at the end of the episode. But um, and what is this? What What is this episode showing right now? And what is humanity in the middle of right now? It's that phoenix rising. It's that phoenix rising. Once again, this is what our ancestors have said 
This is what my tradition says. This is what the Hopi said. This is what the Mayans said. This is what nature says is going on. And this is what Chris says. And this is this is exactly what our spiritual life is all about. This is exactly, I mean, this is, too, this is what it is to a T. You know, you look and you look and it's dark. It's fucking dark. And you don't know what you're looking for or if you're going to find it or if it even exists. I tell you what, when it came to God, you know, giving me the cipher, if you will, I didn't even know that shit existed, guys. I mean, I knew gematria was a thing and that sort of thing and all of that sort of thing, but I didn't know there was a cipher to the English alphabet. I had no idea. I was just stumbling around in the dark being like, there's something I'm looking for. And I just kept at it. And you do that in the dark, by the way. You don't, you do that in the winter. You don't do that when the sun is bright and you can see everything. You see the metaphor that's going on here, right? I didn't know any of that shit existed. I didn't know I had the I, I had the, the the you know the the gumption and the gall and the inner strength and the fortitude to start a church. So you know you look and you look and it's dark and you don't know what you're looking for or if you're gonna find it or if it even exists. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a pie anno shows up in your life. And just when you thought it was all, oh, I might as well just give up. Why even fling anything? Then the house gets burned down and what happens? A phoenix rises. Okay. This is in our cosmology, guys. Oh, you didn't think I was going to do any star study today. Ah, we are. Do you know at the very bottom of um, what would be considered the celestial sphere, right? And somebody asked me in the Telegram group, is it really a sphere? Well, we have no idea because it's the heavens. We have no idea what it is. It just appears to us as a sphere. Anciently, that's how they've they've mapped it. And so to me, that's just fine. I, I know my limitations. So, you know, but as we understand it, when we look to the, to the south, you know, when you go to the southern celestial sphere, right? When we talked about where the lake of fire is and all that other shit is, right? Well, what's down there is um, Hydrus which is a big, essentially multi-headed serpent or whatever. And it's in the and it's in the shape of a fire sign, but it's hydrus, which means water. So it could be the water sign, fire sign. It's really hard to, really hard to say. It's a water snake, by the way. So there's that. But right above that fire sign is, is the phoenix. It's a phoenix rising from the ashes, if you will. And that's right in our cosmology. We also see, this is from the UN, and this is the thing is that I'm here to say that I think these people actually know this stuff, that some of these, some of these, the elite that should not be, if you will, they know some of this stuff. And that's why they're deadly scared of us actually uniting. As I've said, they're trying to play God. They're trying to say that we can control those cycles, that we're just going to bring winter on earth forever. And as I keep saying, they're going to eat their fucking words. But in the middle of them trying to do all that is going to be like the Hopi said, we're going to be going through the eye of the storm. So this is a big tapestry painting that's at the UN. There's lots going on there. Someday I'll deconstruct that. The other thing is, is when we say that um, St. John, right, as when we talk about the tetramorph, I don't have the graphic here, but we can just talk about it. We talk about the tetramorph, that St. John, right? He's that eagle or he is the phoenix. 
and St. John is Scorpio. So the constellation, for some reason, this one constellation in the zodiac has been given multiple symbols, right? It's, an e it's either an eagle or it's a scorpion or it's a phoenix. Well, do you know what this, where Scorpio is? It's right in the center of the Milky Way. It looks like there's a big, I don't know, like ash cloud. And right by that ash cloud would be the eagle slash phoenix slash scorpion slash St. John rising from the ashes. So now let's talk about Old Testament, New Testament and those cycles. And the, and the oh, the destruction of the old world. And who's bringing that destruction? The evil. And then what comes in? The phoenix rising. Who announces Christ? Who announces Christ? The Phoenix rising from the ashes. Why, why do they? Why do they keep doing this? Why do they? Why do they? Why do you see this theme that keeps popping up all over? Because there, there were, if you will, enlightened people. They were, you know, sages, wizards, like the good Doctor Bear there, that recognize that this is just what happens down here, guys. Look at this one. Where does that phoenix rise? I don't know what's right to the left of it. Your heart. And that's what we'll talk about. So I want to read this. This is the speech from Chris. This is at the end of the show here. And then I'll wrap this up. I'm sorry, I don't want to go past two hours here, but it's just, it is what it is. So here's Chris Stevens, and this is the... <clears throat> You know, he's given this speech in front of everybody. He's about to launch this piano into the air. And it's this really cathartic moment where everybody's like, oh, so beautiful what you did and everything like that. And here's Chris, and he seems like he's in front of a cross anyway. And I just want to read the speech, okay? I'm just going to read this, okay? It says, welcome, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for coming today. I guess you know I've been out here for some days. Just like all of us in our spiritual quest, right? We've been out here for some days looking around in that dark, looking and looking and looking, not even knowing for what we're looking for is there, if it even fucking exists. So I guess, I guess, you know, I've been out here for some days groping my way along, trying to realize my vision here. I started concentrating so hard on my vision that uh, I lost sight. Come to find out that it's not the vision it's not the vision at all. It's the groping. It's the groping. It's the yearning. It's the moving forward. Come to find out, he said, I started concentrating so hard on my vision, my vision, that I uh, lost sight. And that's the other thing. I could have never envisioned any of the things that had happened in the last, especially even meeting Jennifer in the last, whatever, eight years or whatever it's been, any of that sort of stuff happening in my life. Never could have even envisioned it. Why? Because I had a vision of what my life was going to be. And it's always the funniest thing. It's like, you want to make God laugh, tell him, your, tell, him your, uh, <laughs> tell him your plans. And I say the same thing about the evil people in the world. Oh, sir, World Economic Forum and the Klaus Schwab, they got some fucking plans. Go ahead, announce them to God. He's going to laugh his ass off. God doesn't care what you want. God doesn't give a shit what you want. God knows what you need. And sometimes what you need comes at you for evil. 
comes at you despair, comes at you like, oh, we're just going to destroy everything. And then you sit in your space like, oh, I can't believe all this happened. But that's probably exactly what you needed. I can tell you from my life, from my experience, that how many times that, you know, something was burned down, you know, metaphorically speaking, and it's exactly what I needed. They're burning forests and they're burning cities and they're doing all these things. Well, guess what? It might be exactly what humanity needs to wake up to this madness. And guess what? Everything down here gets gone anyway. That's the, that's the role of earth. Everything is fleeting. Everything is passing. And what do we always say? In that fleeting, in that passing, in the high tides and low tides, the riddle is to find the middle. And what's that? It's in your heart. So I started concentrating so hard on my vision. Me, 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 that ah, I lost sight. Come to find out it's not the vision at all. It's the groping. It's the groping. It's the yearning. It's the moving forward. It's opening yourself up to those doors to let God in and say, hey, this is what you need to do. I don't care what you want. I, 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 me, 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 me. This is what you need. And if you're open to that, it's the most amazing fucking thing. Yeah, it's a lot of swear words today. It is what it is. I was so fixated on that flying cow. I was so fixated on who I thought I was, that image of myself, that I couldn't see. I couldn't see that when the house burned down, oh, that, that piano, that's, that's what I need. So when Ed told me that Monty Python, they already flung that cow, they already painted that picture, I thought I was through. That was it. I had to let go of that cow. I had to let go of those preconceived notions. I had to let go of that I'm not good enough. I had to let go of the trauma. I had to let go of the self-doubt. I had to let go of like, this is who I am. So I could see all the other possibilities. God's not going to allow you to see those possibilities unless you burn your house down. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, I want to thank Maurice for helping me let go of that cow. <laughs> thank you, Maurice, for playing Apollo to my Dionysus in art's Cartesian dialectic. And thanks to you, Ed, because the truth shall set us free. And Maggie, thank you for sharing in the destruction of your house. And for all you guys out there that are destroying your houses, burning all of that old bullshit down, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing in the destruction of your house. Thank you for burning. Thank you for those ashes so that the phoenix could rise. So today we can have something to fling. I think uh, Kierkegaard said it oh so well. The self is only that which is in the process of becoming. Art, same thing. James Joyce had something to say about it too. Welcome, O life. I go to encounter for the millionth time the reality of my experience and to forge in the smithy of my soul the uncreated conscious of my race. That's what we're doing. We're forging in the smithy of our souls. We're here today to fling something that's bubbled up in the collective unconsciousness of our, of our community. And I'll say this, I think we're here today, you and I, in this time, because we are meant to be here, and we're here today to fling something that's bubbled up in the collective unconsciousness of humanity. And what is that? It's to bring God back to this earth in a real way. 
Not some, I've got some opinions and ideas. Fuck your ideas and opinions. I don't care about them. You shouldn't care about mine. We want to know. And we're here today to make that fling. The thing I learned, folks, and this is absolutely key. It's not the thing you fling. It's the fling itself. <laughs> Ain't that true, huh? And so then he takes the piano... The phoenix that rose from the ashes of the burned down house and he flies it and everybody's like, yes, what an amazing moment. And that moment almost didn't happen. That moment almost didn't happen. Why? That in fact, the moment wouldn't have happened unless what happened? House had to be burned down. So that a phoenix could rise. And where does it rise? Where does that phoenix rise? It's to the left of there. It's your heart. Now the Hopi prophesies this. There's actually several other, I, I should have brought up more of these, but anyway, um, other prophecies that like native tribes and indigenous people have had basically about, about they even said this bringing the fire back into our hearts, you know? And this is why it's called a, a hearth, right? The fireplace is called a hearth. You guys, you guys have talked about this before. It's called a hearth. Why is it called a hearth? Because where's your fireplace? He's just saying, like, what, what are we here to do on earth? And all this craziness, everything's so fucking nuts, man. All this ebbs and flows and high tides and low tides and, the, you know, all the craziness and the, you know, good and evil and the interplay and all this other shit. What are we here to do on earth? Earth is an anagram for heart. Well, obviously, we're here to find the fireplace. We're here to light fires. We're here to light fires. In fact, if they want to, if they want to light fires, then we'll just fight uh, fire with fire. <laughs> we'll fight fire with fire. You want to start fires? You want to start fires? Okay, cool. We'll start some fucking fires. What's in the middle of heart? It's ear. It's ear. You know, silent and listen. They're anagrams for one another, right? And what are we here to do? As I keep saying, bring the word. Bring the word back. We're here to hear the ear in our heart. In our hearts. Listen to that word. And that word is telling us what? This is, we're fucking sick of this. We're done with this. We're done with this. Now, we see what you're doing now. We've seen what you do in the past, and we are sick of it. We want love. We want community. We want understanding. We want knowledge. We want peace. We want virtue and righteousness. We're sick of your lies. We're sick of your fucking terrible religion. We're sick of it all. And when that happens, guess what? The word comes back. Where does that, where does that, where does it show up? In your heart, as we know. Who says, who tells us this? Christ. Don't listen to Marty. Once again, that guy, questionable at times. How about this guy here? How about this guy? So my my thing, you know, I don't know what's happening to the fires in, in Northern California right now. I, I hope everything, we all pray, desperately pray that everything is fine with these, these gentlemen. But I will say this. If anything were to happen, actually, I'll, I'll say it like this. I'll say it like this. Well, if anything were to happen to the houses, 
or anything like I, I I would just say that like you're you're fucking with the wrong motherfucker motherfucker okay like all you're going to, and you've already done it by the way you monstrously demonstrably stupid assholes you evil people out there listen to what I'm saying okay you you're already making the wizard stronger you know that do you know that if if do you, do you have any idea that if anything were to happen to Alpha Vedic or Mike's house or anything like that, that this community would would respond like you've never seen before? That I'm I'm a I'm a prophet. I'm going to prophesize that if that were to happen, you're already making these guys stronger. They're so dumb. There's like, oh, you you want to bring fires? You're just going to make the wizard stronger. You're just going to give them more power. You sure you want to do that? You sure? What about me? Do you want to give Marty Leeds more power? I, I don't know. It might be a bad idea because I know how to fucking use it. I know how to light fires in people's hearts. I'm really good at it, actually. Most shit I'm not very good at, but that I'm all right at. You know, you, you got to stick with what you know, okay? You don't want to make the wizard stronger. By the way, I'll just say this. When we talk about the word, and this is all nice philosophy and things like that, but I'm saying there's math behind it. As you guys know, there is. That's what we do. We start lighting candles. We put, we put, put the flame to that wax and the, the wick and the, the wax. That wax is 314 backward. And then candle, you take the vowels away and it's 3142. You know, you flip, you flip a light switch on and off and you know what it is? 314. So there's, you know, like I said, when I said that there's like God, like the word is backing us. You can't flip a light switch. You can't actually bring any light to even a room without it being there. <laughs> so, so as we move forward in this crazy mixed up world where, guess what? We might see a lot of heartache. We might see even more, we're, you know, probably going to see a lot more pain, a lot more suffering. We're going to see more families break up. We're going to see more businesses destroyed and houses burned and all those things that we love are, you know, a lot of those things are going to go away. And we have to be the warriors. We have to put the six pieces of the armor of God on and handle it, okay? This is what Christ, and we've read this, if you guys have been following along at the church, Christ repeats this stuff. And it's not, it's, you know, um, well, I'll just read it. How about I just shut up and just read this? Okay. It says, um, this is Luke 12. And seek not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. Don't you dare doubt. For all of these things do the nations of the world seek after. Everybody needs food and shelter. And your father knoweth that ye need of all these things. He knows it. Okay? But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you actually seek righteousness in this world, right? If you seek that fire in your heart... You don't, you're not going to have to worry about what's, you know, if, once again, if anything were to happen to Mike or Bear or anything like that, do you think that we would let Dr. Bear starve? No. Do you think God's going to? No. It's that simple. Fear not, little flock. For your, this is what, this is what the Bible's saying. God likes giving you the good shit. He's like the be- he's like the best weed dealer ever. He's got he's like you're gonna I don't want that Mexican brick stuff. God's like no man, I got the heady shit. He likes giving you the good stuff. And then he says, sell all that you have, burn down your house. 
and give alms. Provide yourself bags, which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that falleth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. What is the symbolism of moth corrupted? Seek that which is eternal, the flame and fire that's in your heart. For where your treasure is, what's, where do you find a treasure? You find it in a treasure chest, and what's in your chest? It's your heart, and the, the Bible just goes and tells you that. That's the next line. For where your treasure is, comma, there will be your heart also. And that's why you see Christ continually, our Lord and Savior, continually what? Being like this right here. This, this thing in the middle here. That's the shit right there. That's where you're going to find it. What do you think these guys have been doing for years? And I've seen it now. I've seen it firsthand. What do you think these guys have been doing? They know where the treasure is. And they know how to put out fires and start them. Let's just end with this here. Oh, be of here, these two here. What are, what what have we learned? This is what I taught. Uh, this is what I the what I spoke about at the Music and Sky about how um you know, being in service, ultimately just giving yourself up to other people and help and trying to help other people always is 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 the path forward. That's what it is. Because it's amazing when you're in service to other people, the the love that you receive back. That's when the miracles come. That's when you burn down the house and you don't think there's oh there's no future, and that's when the future shows up because you've been in service to other people. Okay. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make grace all make all grace abound toward you, that ye, also having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. I'm gonna leave it with this. Two things quick. Life is sacrifice, and to serve others is the greatest joy in life. To be in service to others, to help other people, once again, and you you do that by getting you get that out of the way, you get that shit out of the way. Manly Palmer Hall says, "Ask nothing; the universe gives all." Now, of course, we understand, like you know, asking you shall receive, knocking shall be opened unto you. That's what's up. That's not what he's talking about here. He's saying, you know, once again, it's what I said. It's like if I, I, and I said this to Aswan, um, distracted bird, Aswan, excuse me, Aswan. I said this. I said that when you know I, I do any sort of prayer, you know, I never ask for God for anything. I never say like, God, I want a new guitar. God, it would be really awesome if you could find us a place in Missouri. God, it'd be really awesome if I could get that new Subaru and the new whatever, whatever it is. I never, I never, and I, I said that Oswin, I said, I was like, I never ask God for anything. I just say thanks. I just, I'm appreciative because once again, if I'm asking for shit, how is it that I don't even know if that's necessarily what I want or what it is I need. But if I'm just in the position to say, hey, I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to say thank. I'm just going to be thankful and say thanks. And then when the shitstorm comes, realizes that, oh, that's something I got to learn. The, oh, 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 COVID, you're just here to make me stronger. Thank you. Thanks. Kisses, hugs. 
Ask nothing, the universe gives all. Ask everything, the universe gives us nothing. When my aunt died a long time ago, this was at the, this is one of the pictures that were, one of the quotes that were uh, in the Catholic, Catholic um, church there, the cathedral, and it was St. Catherine of Siena. And, um, you know, it says, if you are what you should be, you will set the world ablaze. <laughs> well, that's true. So, you know, so to Mike and Bear, let me just say, my wife and I are unbelievably impressed with you guys. And I know this, you guys are setting the world ablaze. This motherfucker is putting out fires and he's setting the world ablaze. So, I hope today um, lights a fire in your heart to set this world ablaze. But Marty, all the fires, no, you know what I mean, right? And when you set the world ablaze, that's when God gives you your wings and you become a good bird, okay? And then you get up to heaven because you fly. Okay, thank you all. Sorry for the problems with the video and shit like that. It is what it is. I was doing this live. There was no way I was going to pre-record this. So uh, if you want to become a good bird, you can become a good bird at Subscribestar. You can become a phoenix bird. Look at that shit. You can become an Aquila bird. You can become a Cygnus bird. Or you can become Tom of the Pete Ma bird. Okay, thanks to, thanks to everybody. Venmo, buy me a coffee cash app. Um, subscribe to everybody that does support the work that we do. Um, anybody that would like to buy a book and things like that, we appreciate that. Uh, N2550 Southview Court, Monroe, Wisconsin, 53566. Until next week. And then, yeah, um, we'll, yeah, we'll do thank yous. Um, YouTube thinks you're an arsonist. <laughs> Krupa. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Thank you to ContentSafe, BitChute, uh, for getting us on BitChute and Odyssey and Rumble and all that other stuff. We really appreciate it. And, of course, the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac app. Sunday sermons are on there. So, um, speaking of setting fires, looks like they will be setting a fire. Karen B. and all her her minion, if you will, will be setting a fire in uh, Las Vegas. October 21st and 22nd, 2023, Flattoberfest. Go! Um, we, we, we still might try to make it. I'm, I, I'm obviously not going to speak or anything like that, but, um, we, we still might try to make it. It's just, we don't have a house yet. We're, we're, li <laughs> we're, we're going to be living in a literally, we're going to be living, we're going to be living at the four seasons. I don't know. We're very fancy. It's a four season tent, but, uh, we'll be living in that for a while. So if we can make it, we'll go. But, um, and if you'd like to support the work we do, uh, please buy a book or, um, that sort of thing. That's what keeps us going. And so we really appreciate it. So, okay, what do we got, baby? What do we got? Perspective. Perspective. You are amazing. No, you are amazing, brother. So, um, okay, you sent things. I just want to say thank you. We didn't get a chance to say thank you last time. So, um, thank you to Franklin Russell. Uh, here, let's do this. So we have something here. There we go. There we go. All right, then I'll get out of here, guys. Thanks to Franklin Russell, Krista, Lindsay Chapman. Love you, girl. Uh, Paula D, Roland Peters, Chance, and Jen Brew, the pious at Interverse. We love you guys. Uh, Jeremy Hines, you're the fucking man, dude. God bless you. Eugene Jacques, thank you so much. Nil Nils Albaum, thank you. Angers, my brother. Angers. Love you, brother. Daniel Hager, thank you so much. Jared Poole, thank you so much. John Vina, always crushing it. Uh, Jam Crossy, Alicia Crawford, Andrew Masonette, $10. Here's to your next trip. Thank you so much. Jenny G, the Brew Pious, $2. Thank you so much. Carrie Musgrave, God bless you. Alicia Crawford, 
John Vina, we already said. Jared Poole, thank you once again. Grateful for you. Virginia Murray, grateful for you. Thank you so much. Shannon Seal, uh, let's see, Crystal Rose, one copy. Shannon Seal, thank you for sharing your magical music and sky journey and so great to see Jen. Beautiful song. 70 times 70, purification times purification. I think it's being asked of all of us. That is exactly right, Shannon Seal. That's what God is wanting from us right now. Purification. And it's time. It's freaking time. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Hines, uh, happy rising, my friends. Have a wonderful day. Uh, T Mac, thanks, Marty, for keeping your ministry going. I appreciate you both. And we just want to say thanks to all. We got a few new um, good bards over at Subscribe Stars. We want to thank everybody over there. Okay, that's going to do it. We will do a pre recorded next one uh, next week just so we you know can get the video and everything like that. But today was going to be an emotional one. It was. It just is what it is. Sometimes you got to do it. Thank you all for anybody that watches and sticks around, anybody that just pays attention and comes by every week. We, we really appreciate it. We love this community and we want it to grow and we want it to be um, like that music and sky community, you know, and that's what it is. You guys are fantastic. So, um, and I'm not just saying that, you know, you, you guys know I just don't pump people full of bullshit. It's just not my thing. So I'm honest when it comes to that sort of stuff. So let me get out of here and uh, it's been too long. It's been already too long. So um, may you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ onto eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen. All right, I'm going to get out of here before I bust, bust up crying. I love you guys so much. I will see you um, next next Sunday, okay? Um, God bless. Um, and um, as always, many blessings and much love to all.